Comic Timing is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 197 of Comic Timing, a comics podcast devoted to the average comic book fan from the average comic book fan. Joining us, Brett Casino, rotating panel of guests, and myself, Ian Levinson, discuss whatever comes to mind, time after time, here on Comic Timing. Been a while since we just had an episode where we just talk about as much shit as possible, and that is what's happening on today's episode. Not all of it is going to be shit, however, some of it's going to be good. And then there's Heroes in Crisis. Here now, Comic Timing. Hey there, folks. My name is Ian Levesine, and welcome to episode 197 of Comic Timing. (laughs) (laughs) This is so good. This is so high quality, guys. This is why we're going to beat, like like pod save america and all those other fucking number one we're they're gonna go straight hey, to the top we already have man we already have exactly we're winners all that other stuff is back material anyway raf suhu what's going on raf i don't know i'm good i'm good <laughs> i'm excited for endgame endgame is tomorrow is for me is tomorrow yeah uh we're recording endgame this we're recording this endgame weekend uh but it's not the weekend yet yeah so endgame was really good six weeks ago yeah great uh fuck you <laughs> I made the same joke in the uh, in the Infinity War episode. I know, and that's why we're off to a great start. Yes, we are. Returning to the show for the first time in a little while, Mr. Donovan Morgan Grant. Donovan, what's going on? Hi, everybody. Happy to be here. Um, and uh, yes, uh, nothing else. <laughs> and end of line. And Brandon Christopher back for the first time in a couple episodes, too. Brando, what up? Hey, guys. Hey guys, I got plenty of free time now because I'm jobless. Yay! You were a year ago. And uh, joining <laughs> us here as well is Brent Casina, who just apparently is going to spend the entire episode ragging on me. Brent, what up? What up? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was that was a that was a deep shot. I don't know how you're gonna recover, Ian. Oh shit! <laughs> so so, do we want to start with Batman since uh, since Batman is on uh, is on uh, the uh, 80th anniversary train uh, this year? And uh, Zack Snyder totally. had some words about uh, Batman that I want to talk about specifically before we get into Donovan's time at the uh, Batman Expo he was at, or whatever you whatever you want to call it. We'll rag on Donovan during that second. So save it <laughs> there we go. It's all it's all balanced. Excellent. All right. So uh, we, we all we all we, we all read what Zack Snyder had to say, or, or watched the video about what Zack Snyder had to say uh, about uh, Superman and Batman and all those wonderful characters that he loved directing for as long oh, as yeah. he did. Should we re- recap it if, if listeners don't know? Oh, yeah. No, sure. Absolutely. He basically said that we're pussies for believing that superheroes don't kill. There. <laughs> you know, like, like adults say. Yeah. That's yeah, what totally. Zack Snyder said. A hundred percent. He said that in in his words, uh, and again, I'm paraphrasing here because I don't have it directly in front of me. Zack Snyder said that if uh, if if we as as fans of the medium believe that superheroes don't kill, that we're kidding ourselves, and that <laughs> yeah, you know, Darkwing Duck, Quail Man, you know, they're all <laughs> yeah, right. But but he 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 he, he, he essentially he essentially said that you know that Batman kills and Superman kills. Get over it. Yeah. Can I start? Yeah, please, Donovan. Go, go, go right ahead. All right. Um, so I uh, was on a show the other week where we talked about, for the 10th anniversary, mm-hmm. all the Batman movies, which is why I watched 66 again. And I, for the second time in my life, rewatched BVS, and it was the extended cut. And uh, there are two kind of like conversations with this, with this sort of uh, quote. Yeah. One is the whole Batman slash superhero is killing or not killing debate, which... 
I think we could we could get into, but like that's not immediately what's the deal is. Right. Um, the other thing is about like Snyder in the movie itself. Yeah. And having rewatched um, Batman v Superman, which I hate, uh, and watched. <laughs> I think we all cut, hate it. Which took, me, which took me all day to finish. Yeah. Um, there is a line in the extended cut where the guy. I don't know. I don't know if you might have seen the extended cut. Uh, I I have I have yes yes, yes I have yeah, I and I, I did. Have. I did. I did for this show actually, and uh, if memory serves, I can still thank uh, Matthew Guy for sending along a uh, a digital copy of the extended cut for me to watch when it came out. So, bird yes. in hell, Matthew Guy. <laughs> no. No, 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 Matthew's a great He's guy. A great fan. He's one of the most sure loyal nice listeners guy. we've ever had. Such a nice guy too. Well, well there's a line in the movie where uh, Clark is investigating, like you know, like the prisoner who has a bat brand on him who got yeah. killed, and mm-hmm. the idea is that like. Batman sends these people to get killed by, by branding them. Of course, the extended version makes clear that that's not true. But the guys, like they, like the mother of his child and, and the child, they're both you know people of color, um, are like you know are saying to, to Clark Kent, like you know who decides you know who lives and who dies, like what kind of person is that? And that is emblematic of the theme of the movie, essentially, or at least is what it should be. Right? Who decides who lives or who dies? The whole you know toxic killer dangerous batman is at least presumed to be set up as the point like this isn't wrong this is not true this is not who these characters should be absolute power corrupts absolutely and uh what batman thinks superman is he's he's recognizing that he's becoming himself and he needs to get out of that and as people point out before that is completely upended by the warehouse fight that people like to you know talk about where he kills people crazily like he, he flies to the building in his bat plane and which is already bulletproof, and then needlessly blows people up. You know, he's slamming people's, people's heads. He, he sets them on fire. And so, for Zack Snyder to say, if you don't think that superheroes do this, you know, I'm sorry you lost your virginity to this film, but you need to wake up. Yeah. He, I mean, and this is this helped me under this helped me really understand why I hit this film. He's setting up this 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 morality tale in this movie of you know what heroes should do or shouldn't do, which is a genuinely compelling story. Yeah, and completely throws aside because you know what people killing people is cool. Yeah, he undermines you know? himself completely. Yeah, it's it's a it's a complete clusterfuck of storytelling. Yeah. it's like you know at the end of the day, all this concern about you know power and who knows what's right or wrong, all of that is subterfuge because what you're really here for is action. And if you're concerned about the morality of people killing whoever they feel like. It doesn't matter because you know right. that's ultimately they know what they know what they're doing is right and uh, it's just for spectacle anyway, and that to me just completely underlines why he should have never been ten feet near these movies so, or so, these characters. So here, so here's my thing, and and uh, I'll I'll have uh, Brandon touch on it next since I know he he's got a lot to say about this too. I I rewatched Batman eighty nine recently uh, for 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 a podcast, and I realized that there's also a decent amount of killing in that one. And returns. And returns. Oh, yeah, especially returns. Right. But that's Burton. And you know what? Weirdly enough, Burton is actually a little bit more tasteful about it, even though he's, you know, weird and obtuse and, you know, dark and gritty and dirty and what have you. Burton shouldn't get a pass just because he was the first guy. He's not. He's not. And, and, and 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 that's what I was about to say. He's a little bit more tasteful about it, but at the same time, he still has a Batman... That kills, which just basically says to me that there really hasn't been a Batman on screen that is a hundred percent Batman. You know, the, the, the thing. The thing about mm. this, though, he uh, let him die. is that you know, yeah, Burton's the Burton's Batman killed definitely, and I don't like that. But like yeah. the Batman v Superman is explicitly about 
absolute power corrupting absolutely and morality right. and what you should do with that power. Like that is embedded in the the text of the movie. Yeah, and they actively go against it, and then they mock the the, the viewers who point that out, or at least don't like that yeah. because. Like, see, that's the problem. Like, like, I don't like that in those other movies, too. But Burton movies never cared about that. So you kind of have to roll with it. Yeah. These movies are about that. And at the end of the day, they're, like, all this concern about, you know, who gets to decide who lives or who dies? What should Superman do? What should Batman do? It basically amounts to to eat a dick, fans, because this is what (laughs) we're doing. And honestly, what psychopath wants people to just kill with with impunity anyway? I'm sorry, but, like, even though it's a fictional film, that's a really shitty thing to say about any character. And 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 Nolan uh, you yes Brent Nolan's Batman is the closest that I, that I come to my preferential version of Batman on screen outside of Gotham which is amazing but you know whatever that's that's just me. There are there are four movies where Batman doesn't intentionally kill anyone. Mm-hmm. 66, mm-hmm. 96, yeah, cuz I won't call it by its name. <laughs> Um, Dark Knight, he does No, Batman and Robin. Yeah. God damn it, you made me do it. Um, (laughs) Dark Knight, he doesn't kill anyone, I remember. He drops Mm -hmm. the dude off a roof, which I thought was great. Mm -hmm. And um, Dark Knight Rises, he doesn't doesn't kill anyone. Yeah. He doesn't kill anybody and begins. uh, Yeah, he does. He lets Ra's al Ghul die. Yeah. No, 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 no. He didn't. He didn't because because Ra's al Ghul was, I think, just in the in the train. He doesn't. Yeah, he, he doesn't save him, but he doesn't like actively cause his death. Right, but like yeah, he doesn't. Does. He doesn't go out of his way to save him, yeah. which isn't right. That's that's, that's true. It's, that's it's not a little more. It's Batman is. It's a gray know, that's, area. That's actively ending his life. It's a gray right. area, definitely. It, it, it's a hundred percent a gray area, and you can look at it either way. Honestly, you could say that you could say that he that he killed him, or you know, let him die, or you can say that he just walked away and left it to you know to to Raish Raz Ruse. I, I I use whatever pronunciation they use in the in the show or movie. I I go by theirs. Yeah. So it's Ra's al Ghul everywhere else, and it's right. Ra's al Ghul in that movie. In, in Gotham, yeah. they go Raish, and then like there's like Middle Eastern music playing every time, which is a little weird. Yeah, I know. Brand, Brandon, uh, roll it over to you, man. Uh, th- thoughts and opinions about this wonderful director that we all love. I think it all comes down to respect of the source material and the perception thereof. Looking back at the the Burton stuff. We knew Burton had a blatant disregard for the, the source material. He didn't really care for it, right? At least initially, uh, he always wanted to mold it in something that was his own. And then we, we got Nolan. Nolan wasn't a fan of the source material, but at least he was was respectful to it to some yeah. to some regard. With Zack Snyder, Zack Snyder had this impression from us. Well, gave us off the gave off this impression that mm-hmm. he was an ardent fan of the source material. Just Dark Knight, just Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. You didn't even read that closely, mm-hmm. right? And, like he, but he, 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 if you look back and like Watchmen, he was like he said he was such a fan of that of that comic that he wanted to do a fable adaptation. And I think Watchmen is an okay adaptation for what it is. Yeah, look, look at three hundred. Three hundred is also a, a very fable adaptation, but it's also a very dude bro film. The man and likes that, what he likes. That that's right, exactly. that's what, that's what is apparent to me. And and, and exactly. I I just I just don't like. I don't. Uh, and sorry, I'm using the word like way too often. I don't appreciate that he is basically forcing his dark take upon us and basically saying that we're pussies for wanting a little bit of lightness in our superheroes. Exactly, which gets, my, which gets me to my thesis here, is that he has he gave us the illusion of, he's, he pretty much sold us a bad bill of goods, for the most part, mm-hmm. for, lack of a, for a lack, of, lack of a better phrase. You know, he pushed and said that this will be a movie that all fans will love because it's going to be a true ad- adaptation of Batman. It's going to be very Dark Knight-esque, which, and those are buzzwords that get 
bat fans going in, in their jowls, right? Yeah. But to see the disregard that he has for the fans who challenge him for saying this isn't the superhero that we recognize, it's unfair. And, you know, I've got a couple phrases for uh, Mr. Snyder here. Mm-hmm. I want you to – Mr. Snyder, I want you to go find the biggest bag of dicks <laughs> – and I want you to suck them all, okay? Because you are now canceled. Comic forever. timing, where we shit on Zack Snyder every other episode. Uh, d- d- let's see, d- Dick Grayson. Uh, uh, what other dicks can we uh, can we throw in there? Uh, Van Dyke, Patton, Cheney. Shoot, Brent, I, shoot. I'm going to both disagree with you and then agree with you. Okay. Okay. Guys. So that, first that, all, that actually sounds like every episode of the show. That's why we love it. Exactly. First of all, to call 300 a dude bro film when the comic features no female characters at all <laughs> is an unfair characterization to make it sound like Zack Snyder dislikes women or whatever like yeah. that. Like it's a very have, have the scenes with Gorgo and the guy. No, I know that's not what you're saying. I'm just saying. He's. It was a very faithful adaptation, and there's no women in the. The only woman in the comic book is the Oracle at Delphi or wherever they're at. Yeah, correct. So, um, give that its due, I guess, for sure. creating scenes with for Lena Headey to to do with the um, a sex scene and a rape scene. <laughs> well, she has the thing at the end where the council decides to go to war and support their king. Yeah. Right. So there's there's something for her to do there. Right. Right. Not great stuff, but something. And it got her Game of Thrones. Come on. Or got her. It got her. Dread, got, her got her Game of Thrones, and she's good to go. It got Terminator, um, and then Terminator got Game of Thrones. That's that's Terminator. true. Yes. Terminator. Right. Terminator begat Thrones. Yes. No. Nobody knew who she was before no. 300. No, right. That's that's more than fair to that. say. Mm-hmm. To also give a little more context, well, I don't know if it's context, I guess it's more speculation mm-hmm. than anything. I was watching a Collider Videos snippet where they were talking about the same thing, Yeah. and one of the guys there, I don't know any of their names, so I can't speak to uh, who said it, was saying, I don't, I don't know any of their names, I just started watching little Bobby McNight Owl? have lower thirds that says, this is Jack Sullentrop or whatever. William T. Rorschach? He heard that at the screening, Snyder was talking the entire time in Mm -hmm. these weird broken sentences, just like it doesn't make any sense what he says (laughs) about losing your virginity to this film, go fuck yourself, or get a a life, get real, whatever. Yeah. So it kind of, like, his actual quote does not make any sense. So that guy was saying he had heard he's doing that the entire time during the Q&A, during the celebration director's cut of these films. Mm Mm-hmm. And so they were surmising, like, was he drunk or whatever, and realized, you know, he did still lose his daughter to suicide over a year ago. Sure. So still struggling with that, I'm assuming. Of course, yes. Him stepping out in the more public eye may be a way to whatever, so I, I want to give some reverence for that. Absolutely. And to be fair to Zack Snyder as a boss, mm-hmm. as a director, yeah, he did have his film taken away with him <laughs> and screwed with in such a way that is no longer recognizable from what he left it and said, here, Joss, form this, and, you know, it's pretty much ready to go, whatever, take it. I know that they want to do reshoots, whatever whatever the conversation was. Yeah. Even Even if there was a conversation or not, maybe not, but he had to hand it off to somebody who he thought was going to deliver his product to theaters, and then it was completely, you know, reshot, fucked with, whatever. Um. So I, 
I think he may be also a little butthurt as well. <laughs> you know, that his last film basically has a a posh mark on it that it's rightfully so. directed by Zack Snyder, but it's frankly not. Right. You know, when they reshot, like, I don't know what it was. It's less than two-thirds of a movie because the, I guess, the Directors Guilds of America, like, if you look into the solo stuff, you got to reshoot and rewrite a certain percentage of it to get the credit of the director or the writer or something like that. So that's why Solo says directed by Ron Howard. There's also tons of wiggle room. There's tons of wiggle room with that as well. Like, I mean, uh, they they could easily say that, you know, it's two-thirds and have it be, you know, less or more than that. Uh, right. But you know, they basically just have to, they literally have to go back to the to the you know to what's been shot film wise, whether it's been used or not. And there's there's there is wiggle room that can be done with that. But but I but yeah. I get what you're saying. I remember uh, Kevin Smith talking about it on Fat Man on Batman with Mark Bernard and yeah, or Fat Man Beyond as it's called now about Solo specifically, saying like the guild rules state this, so they must have had to reshoot at least this amount for him to get a guild directing credit mm-hmm. um, by the, by their their rules or whatever. So right. I, I trust that. Yeah. So there's a little bit of butt hurt there. He, he's still struggling. So I don't, I don't want to take him to task for something he made. He said an offhand comment that wasn't being live streamed. It wasn't like, it was What's to that audience in that room, which are a bunch of Snyder fans. So he's playing to the audience. I would say. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was an offhand comment. He was answering a question directly. I, I know, I know, but but it wasn't like Q&A, an official don't media. Think something you're going to say is going to go viral. I guess, you know, mm-hmm. we didn't hear anything else about what they what he said in those Q&A's. Nobody, did anybody take him to task for Superman killing Zod again? You know, was Mark Wade <laughs> in the room? <laughs> well, it, um, he, he did. He did. Uh, so, he did say he did. Know, he did say. Hold, hold on one, one, one second. One second. I, I'm not cutting you off. I promise. Uh, it, I'm just I'm just adding to the uh, to, to the quote. Uh, it's a cool point of view to be like, my heroes are still innocent. My heroes didn't fucking lie to America. My heroes didn't embezzle money from their corporations. My heroes didn't commit any atrocities. That's cool, but you're living in a fucking dream world, he added. This is a miracle, man, though. It's Batman and Superman. Yeah. I mean, he's completely confused. I'm yeah. sorry. Well, like, like, there's there's no defense for this. Yeah. I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you, Donovan. I, I just think we should give give some latitude for a person who's... yes. Yeah, this is this times. is Jeff Loeb. I feel like this is similar to Jeff Loeb's situation where he's probably he should probably step away for a little longer. Yeah, because it, it feels <laughs> like things are still a little too raw for him. Yes, well, um, Jeff Loeb's writing had a huge downfall after. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it's the exact same thing, no. but like like Jeff Loeb clearly needed to stop writing comics at yes. that point, and Zack Snyder clearly needs to like not. He's still dealing with the death of he his needs, daughter. He, he needs, needs some time away. Yeah, he needs healing more he than doesn't anything need, else. Listen, honestly, if my daughter died like a year and a half ago, I don't want to be talking about some stupid movie I made two years ago. Right. I just, like, let me, like, let me just, like, stop bringing up the past, you know, that I don't want to he deal with. He was at a panel talking about the movie. I know. I, know, I don't know. I, know. I, honestly, <laughs> I feel like he, but I feel like he, this well, is, I'm not saying he sh- they shouldn't have questioned him that way. I'm saying he shouldn't have taken that panel right. to begin with but at the, but at the same time and i mean i i hate he's to even got, put it this way he's got bills to pay for all we know he yes. got paid for this appearance yeah that's true he i mean i don't know it's buy tickets for yeah. this thing i'm sure he got a cut of the proceeds oh yeah yeah but you I know, mean, whatever is the it worth deal it was so i don't doubt that there was a a monetary intent behind this sure and i'm not defending what he said is correct i think it's absolutely false mm-hmm. and it shows how clear misunderstanding he has of batman I never liked that scene in the movie where he's in the warehouse at towards the end, right. killing people and 
popping through the walls with the gun at KG Beast now. I know that's direct from the comics, whatever, fine. But yeah. it looks like he blew that guy away, I yeah. believe. That, that and be- I don't think he did that in, in the Dark Knight Returns book. No. That no, he did um, No shoulder remember. shot. Nope. I don't remember. Yeah. That being said, though, uh, there's tons in Batman v Superman, Batman wise, that I that I remember enjoying quite a bit. You know, uh, portrayal um, there, portrayal wise. You know, like I, I I didn't like any of that. Pretty much any of that Batman. Like the action scene was no. cool. Yeah. As an action scene, but mm-hmm. he definitely didn't have to kill people. Yes. He still could have been brutal. I was totally fine with the level of brutality that mm-hmm. there was in Batman Begins yeah, sure. and the Nolan right. stuff, where he's, you know, taking people out, but he's not outright killing them. He's breaking sure. bones. Right. He's throwing them against walls. Whatever. I thought that was totally fine. But yeah, him much. stabbing people with giant ass batarangs. Oh yeah. In the chest. That's yep. where I just like, nope, that this is, so- is not. Yeah. yeah, that was not necessary. Like, there's a, there's this level that we get with the Arkham games, right? You know, where it's Batman being brutal, but like, you know, it's still being Batman, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's the sensibility that, that they were playing upon with the movies now. Yeah, but I think it's, there's just that line that Snyder just loves the cross, where it's like, I'll give you fucking extra you want, and it's, it, it I get why. He really wants to play to those hardcore fans, the fans mm-hmm. who love the brutality, who love the grim dark, who, who love seeing a more quote unquote realistic and violent brutal Batman, but I mean, <laughs> exactly, yeah. But th- those aren't those, that's not the main core. The audience, those aren't the people who are buying tickets, those are people having those tickets bought for them. You know, your 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 fan base is still people who are going to be in their late 20s, early 30s, maybe even 40s, also, still who have those different shades of gray of Batman who grew up watching. Batman animated series and says, "Oh, that's my Batman there." Who yeah. or who grew, or grew up watching, um, you know, 60, Batman sixty six on reruns. The thing about it is, is that, in my opinion, with Batman, less is more. I don't like him being overtly brutal or overtly violent because he doesn't have to be. Like he usually just scares people, and he saves his brutality for people like Bane or KG Beast when he brings when he brings that level of skill to the table. I don't need to see him punch some one hundred pound henchman into the ground. Like that's. That's like the Hulk. That's the Punisher. But also, like, um, you know, this goes. I think I think there was a fundamental misunderstanding we had, and I, you know, I think I think what Brenton's saying is is with good faith, and like, you know, we don't need to call out his psychology too much, especially in, mm-hmm. in this time period. Yeah. But the statement I think does. Re- I have seen that statement resonate with a bunch of Snyder stands. Yeah. And I think yeah, the statement that's a problem. Is, I think it's, it's genuinely flawed because it violates like the the moral core of the film that the film pretends to lie on, but also it exposes like the mindset into these superheroes as, well, I love Watchmen and Dark Knight Returns and Three Hundred, but like like Dark Knight Returns is satire. Uh, uh, he's, he's even said like I was doing with Superman what, what Alan Moore was doing. I was trying to mm. deconstruct them, and it's just like. Dude, deconstructing doesn't mean making them unsavory. Deconstructing yeah. means revealing a truth about them that isn't readily apparent. But right. that doesn't mean like like Nolan did that way better, and he didn't make them unsavory. And, and I'm I'm agreeing with you there. Uh, and what, I think one of the one of my main problems that I had with the Snyder movies is that uh, at least when it came to Superman, and definitely when it came to Batman, is that when it came to Superman, there was a lightness that just did not exist. You know, you don't have to truth justice American way 100%, but at the same time, you have to at least be a hopeful individual as Superman. And I didn't really get that from his version of the character. A little bit more so in, in uh, you know, not in, Ma- in like the first 30 minutes of Man of Steel. But then after that, it all falls apart to, for me, but that's the way it goes. With Batman, 
you can say what you will about him killing or not killing. More than anything else, the use of guns. You put a gun in his hand and have him kill people. That 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 is that yeah. is verbose. Yeah, right. yeah the, the nightmare scene, whatever it was, there's still no nightmare Batman would have where he right. picks up a gun yeah. unless he was killing himself or something, you know? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And like, and you can say that it, that it's, you know, it's, it's editorially mandated. You could say that, it, uh, you know, like, yeah, well, earlier versions of the character used the gun. Like, yeah, the very earliest version yeah, of the character. Yeah, we got Don't 79 years. That's Thank a, you. That's yes. Exactly. So out of 80 years, we got like one year of gun uses, maybe two, <laughs> and the other 78 or seventy nine, yeah, and they count are, more than the others. You're right. Exactly. Yeah, it's a come on. Five episode guys. show where he quit using guns and like never became Batman yeah. again. Called Batman Beyond. Like that is much more impactful and like known by more people than Bob Kane's twelve issue run in nineteen thirty nine. Yeah, no question. You mean about Bill it. Finger's run? Yes, yeah. that's true. Bill, that's true. Bill Finger and Bill, yes, B- Bill Finger, not with Bill Finger. Bill, Bill Finger, Finger was the one who said with I don't Bob Kane. See him using guns anymore after Batman number one. Yes. Yeah. 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 And and let's all remember what Bob Kane's original uh, costume was for Batman, oh. and how we horrendous. Can- <laughs> it's pretty shitty. <laughs> I don't think we. I don't think we would have gotten Batman the way that we have today if he was running around mm. in that leotard. No, 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 red no. leotard. Red no. leotard. So I guess the, the thing that I'm still curious about, and I think what a lot of Snyder fans are curious about, is mm-hmm. this arc that was not completed. Like, yeah. <clears throat> to be honest, the arc that is being described and what was supposed to be in Justice League mm-hmm. or is supposed to come in Justice League Two, yeah, sounds like an interesting film to watch. Right. Whether or not it's good is a different story. Mm-hmm. But it would have been something different than oh, yeah. the Marvel stuff, which is inherently um, tonally faithful. You know what I mean? Like, I it's don't not, they're not one-to-one recreations of the storylines or anything, but the right. tone is pretty faithful. Right. Or they've established a tone that they are faithful to. Mm-hmm. You know, five, and this is something... Whatever it was supposed to be till the end of Justice League 2, yeah. where Darkseid comes and kills Lois and Superman turns bad is... Basically, a giant Elseworlds storyline, and if they had fucking said that from the beginning, it would have been treated differently, I guess. Yeah, but the you problem know? is, it's, and, it's and people not... weren't treating it like that. They're they're treating it like Jamal was with Man of Steel, like this is the new thing I should worship, rather than the Christopher Reeve movies. And then when it turns out that he didn't like it, he got inherently upset. And fair to him, he he loves that stuff more than I do. I'm sorry, you, you know? you're sorry, you, you said it the way you did, so now I must do this. And now Ollie Williams with the Justice League forecast. Ollie, Dark, it's gonna be bloody. Darkseid killed Lois. Wasn't really dead. <laughs> so here's the thing, though. I mean, if you look at the plot for the Justice League, the two Justice League movies, yeah. it's Darkseid like kills Lois. The mm-hmm. Justice League can't stop it. Yeah. The the Nightmare Universe becomes real. Mm-hmm. They go back in time to save everyone. Yeah. That is Infinity War and Endgame, pretty much. Before uh, and Infinity it's a, War and Endgame, so it's Marvel ripping off. Well, no, and doing it better. Well, no, by sticking to their tone. Marvel, Marvel always had this plan, though. This was always Endgame's been planned out since like I don't know 2015, it's 2016. Easy to say that, Raph, but these people don't talk to each other. They okay. guard their secrets like they're government yeah, but secrets. I'm, but my point is, like Marvel, it's unfair to say Marvel doesn't has only has one tone. Because they do, they, they've done multiple tones now, and I think Infinity War proved that. Right, that was a much darker story. Yeah, yeah, but it took them twenty movies to get there. And you're right. Yes, yeah. no, and that's and that's a very fair point. Bro. And like, and that's the thing. But DC, DC tried to jumpstart that, mm-hmm. and I think, in all fairness to DC, I think you know, like 
the, the no, first. But you want to go. You want to go back to the tone conversation. They started that tone with yeah. Man of Steel with that ending, right? Yep. This the lesson that they both needed to learn was to modern to to adjust their tones. Yeah. But also not to stick to one. DC was over was leaning way too hard on one side, yeah. and Marvel was leaning way too hard on the other. Yeah. And that's I why they had problem. they DC made the mistake of giving it to one director. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. That's the other thing too. Is because, rather than spreading the wealth around, because they wanted Zack Snyder to be Kevin Feige, and right. he is not Kevin Feige. No and, offense to him. And let's think of how close Marvel came to making that exact same mistake. Because who was originally going to direct Avengers? Favreau. 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 Favreau yeah. Exactly. In a what if scenario, a John Favreau Avengers. May not have worked nearly as well no. because it, because it would have been it would have been the same it would have been an also ran it would have been the same old same old there like yes yes someone else directed Thor and somebody else uh, directed Captain America especially when, after Iron Man two it would have been yeah. Iron Man and friends yes exactly well, and, yeah that would have been iffy because Iron Man two is not the trailers that good. for Lion yeah. King where it looks like a freaking shot for shot remake of the uh, other thing it's fair to say that Favreau I don't know if he has any real ideas did he wait 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 it was Lion King Favreau it's going yes, to be Favreau. It's, it's not out yet. It's coming out this summer. It's that, not out yet. So. Okay. No, I'm sorry. I, I I honestly didn't know that that, that was Favreau. So I, I I apologize for that. Uh, yeah. Right. With, like with the music the, com- with the, the music trailers, the music's the exact same. And then they're yeah. posting shots from the trailer, and they line up exactly from the cartoon. I'm yeah. like, Jungle Book never had any of this, and that's what helped it achieve the status of being a great yeah, film. See, that's a right. good film. You're right. Those and then you're gonna do Lion links. King, and you're gonna do. Literally, I'm going to watch the same frames, yeah. the same story, listen to the same lines of dialogue mm-hmm. from my youth. Yeah. When Without the music, like, I think. I, I'm not going to go see this <laughs> for myself. I'll go, go see it for my child. It's going gonna, it's gonna to have the music. But I got, okay. The, okay. I got the Blu-ray. Yeah, no. I can watch that. I, I'll be honest. I have no intention to see of seeing any of the live-action Disney remakes. Well, Cinderella was actually surprisingly excellent. I saw that one. I, I saw that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I liked Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. But like there I, were I, I, things there, and, and for fuck's sake, stop calling this Lion King remake a live action remake. It's, it's, it's not live yeah, action. Yeah, it's all CG. Exactly. Just call it a 3D movie. I don't know. Sick and tired of this shit. Nothing live action in this Lion actual. King. Aladdin is live action. Okay? Because there's a dude. Yes. So you can go ahead and call that live Although, action. Yeah, no, you know dude. what? I would watch. I would watch Mulan uh, remade. But that's but that's very like and oh. they're and they're and they're doing that yeah no I would that. that's the one I would watch yeah. but then you know I'm, I'm the target audience a lot from that from that movie though I don't know yeah but what uh, to to sort of end the um, sort of end this Zack Snyder conversation and move forward a little bit more one of the one of the main things that I take away from this you know what if with Zack Snyder like you know what if Zack Snyder had been able to finish his vision like what if what if what if it just goes on to the stack of what ifs that exist in the world of movie making you know like you know what if tim burton had made a superman movie like like what would have happened there you know i loved it what if james cameron had made spider-man you know i don't know if i would george miller and justice league george miller and justice league uh i'm glad that didn't happen did you see that batman suit i i I, didn't let me see (laughs) i i've seen i've seen some images and yeah they they were a little bit rough but also at the same time the cast i actually really liked i want to see army hammer's batman yeah uh, I just want to see it. I don't know. I don't care if he's terrible. I just need to see it once. Right. But like, what? What if? Uh, you know, what if they'd gone with the original script for Alien Three? You know, like all of these, all of these what ifs are out there for unmade movies. What if Tom Cruise was Iron Man? But the, here's here's the yeah. catch, though, Ian, is that yeah. Zack Snyder's Justice League isn't really unmade. Yes and no. Like it was made and it was close to finished. Right. 
And then this he, things happened. He stepped away. Mm-hmm. The studio stepped in. I guess as the storylines, we think it's how it goes. We don't know for sure. Nobody's out in the open talking about it. Like Joss Whedon yeah. hasn't said shit about Justice League as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Came out and meddled with it. So to say that it's unfinished or unshot or right. doesn't exist isn't fair to the cast who put in two years of their life to There's shoot that movie. There was a working cut of it that WB producers saw. And the quote, I mean, I'm, this quote was that it was it was like unwatchable to mm-hmm. them. Whether it was, you know, good for like Snyder fans you know, or not, like they did not think it was it would sell as a great movie. Right. I'm not the biggest Snyder fan in the world. I still want to watch that movie. Well, okay, I'll yeah. Still watch it. And, and yeah. you know what? There I will there will it. come a time, there will come a time, I almost guarantee you, because I think of stuff like King, like Kingdom of Heaven, which had oh, a, yeah. which had a very similar scenario where it was entirely finished and then changed by the powers that be into something entirely different. Then a director's that cut came out. Kingdom and, of Heaven director's cut is a masterpiece. Yes. I'll defend it all day. Yes, I, I and, and I, I would agree with you on that. So there will come a time. That time is not today. That time might not even be 10 years from now where we will see the bulk, if not all, of Zack Snyder's Justice League because think of how long it took us to get the original Superman 2. You know, or as close to Richard Donner's cut as we could possibly yeah. get yeah, three years, of Superman two, right? But at the same time, people need to stop obsessing over it. I want to see the version where, he, where Martha Kent and Martha Wayne are the same woman, <laughs> right? And more important than anything else, what would Martha think of Batman using guns like that? I think release the Martha cut. I think, God damn it, uh, all Marthas. Everyone's name is Martha. Uh, Martha's a superhero. We just we 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 need that. We need that cut out there. We, we, it's a secret, secret crossover with Martha Washington comic book. <laughs> so I um I just Pretty. looked up just 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 I just looked Google Snyder Justice League footage. Yeah, and I don't know if this is official or not, but someone made a poster for the never going to be made Justice League Part Two for 2019. Oh Christ! On a bike. that's what I was pointing at. Ian. <laughs> It's a grayscale poster, and it's got Superman in the front, and then Batman behind him, and then Wonder Woman in the others. Jeez! And thir- well, I think thirteen hours ago, there from... was there was new there was new Aquaman footage released, by the way. But anyway, but continue. What we discovered from this whole debacle is that Henry and Cavill, after Mission Impossible Fallout, and the mustache that ru- also ruined Justice League, yeah. is that Henry Cavill plays a better villain than a hero. Yeah. I thought he was great in Justice League. Actually, all the the Whedon reshoots, I thought that was like that's how is this so hard? No, I don't. I don't think it was. I, I love that he was some of the best parts of that. I've never had a problem film, with Henry sure. Cavill as Superman. Yeah. Um, the only I thing is, to miss Superman and Man of Steel. Yeah, yeah he's so. great. No, no, no. He was not the. He's not my problem with anything. My only he's problem. He's allowed to talk. Yeah, exactly. And he, he. It's just that he never really got to be the character because he did a lot of grimacing and a lot of sad faces all the time, and it just kind of was annoying. Well, pivot. I, I, Judging by Shazam, he will not reprise Superman because that makes me they so couldn't sad. agree to him to show his head on film in the Shazam movie, yeah. which was great, by the way. I love Shazam. He yeah. still had his mustache. And, and, and you know what? That was going to be on the docket, so we might, we might as well actually just to go ahead and discuss it now, and then we'll roll back to Batman in, the, in a few. Um, I, I freaking loved Shazam in every way, shape, and form. I think that it is my second favorite of the DC movies that have come out so far, uh, Wonder Woman just barely topping it. And I mean, just barely because Shazam is just, it's, it's great. It really is. It's so much fun. And it's everything I wanted the damn Superman movie to be fun wise. Yes. I want to know what deal with what devil Jeff John struck with 
to get the Shazam film based entirely off his graphic novel. And you he know, was like, the who's he in bed with over there? At DC he was the, they're all Jeff John's story. He was the Kevin that was back. That movie got started when he was still the Kevin Feige of DCU. Yeah. DCU. He was the chief creative he officer. That miniseries, knowing like because like, they were trying to make a, a Shazam slash kind of Marvel Black Adam movie mm-hmm. years ago. Like, yeah. like I think right before the DCU. So he must have illust- you know must have written that New Fifty Two miniseries. Figuring this is this is me writing the, the plot for the movie. Yes, no, and and and, and that's that's very much what what was happening. Uh, I know that. Uh, I mean, that's about how long Dwayne Johnson has been attached. And keep to in mind, Black Adam. He did Dwayne Rock Johnson did produce this movie, so he probably was like, yeah, "Listen, we're white, keeping right? this version no matter what, even yeah. if I can't be in this movie as Black Adam." But yeah, it was produced by him. It was produced by Dwayne Johnson and his wife. His wife also, his I, ex-wife. I believe. Ex-wife, ex-wife sorry. Oh, yeah. Who okay. is Henry Cavill's manager? Really? Yeah. Yep. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So imagine that for a second there. <laughs> that's that's fascinating. <laughs> Can well, do a favor. That's, that's the reason why you have Cavill and Dwayne Johnson sharing tequila on his Instagram like a year ago or whatever. Because <laughs> Dwayne's ex-wife is a producer and their manager. You know, my my one problem with this thing is Shazam could never say his name. Yeah. Like, that's been the case ever since they gave up the copyright fight. I know. To Marvel. It's kind of sad, but, you know, whatever. Jaimon Hansu is in both Captain Marvel movies. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and not just that, man. He was in the last three mo- movies released superhero-wise. Captain Marvel, Shazam. He's a severely an Aquaman. An Aquaman. He was He's an Aquaman. Yeah. 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 He was I a, remember he, watching him in, in, what was it, Four Feathers years ago. Yeah. When he was playing, like, I think it, it must have been one of the native guys in Africa there, but... He was great in that movie, and I was like, this is a guy to watch. And then everything after that, he's been like, bit part, bit part, bit part. <laughs> the first thing I remember him was uh, Amistad, I think. That was like 98, 99. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah he was, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. The, it, the slave ship thing, the slave ship movie. I think he did a really good job as the as the wizard here. Yeah, he did, he did pretty good. Yeah, he was great. Yeah. No, he, he embodied the, uh, the, the craziness and the insanity that I wanted to see out of that. Yeah, he's a very eccentric wizard. Yeah, exactly. Say my name so my powers will flow through you. Uh, Say my name. Bob? No. Susan? No. Really? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's good. Also, as a Philadelphia, I just want to say that this is probably the most Philly movie I've seen in a long time. Since Rocky? Oh. Since Creed, actually, I'll say. Well, yeah, yeah, since the Rocky franchise, yeah. Which, which, yeah. which is funny, Brandon, because at least half of it was actually really filmed in Toronto. Shot in Kenna. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, eh? Really? Yeah, Toronto. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're, re- we're, we're really friendly here in Philly, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's, you want one of them there cheese steaks? Let's go get some cheese curd steaks. Yeah. Also, High was really Degrassi. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, whatever it takes. I know I can make it through. Uh, <laughs> oh, jeez. Get out! <laughs> Get out now! And I, I like the email just for Tommy. It's Tommy. Mister Mind, the cartoon he is. Yeah, that oh was my. That was really Mark cool. Sure, big like eyes, comic accurate. Mister Mind with a uh, so the much. speaker box on his chest and stuff. That, that was, was great. great. So if you had told oh me that there would be a DC movie that came out that even involved in any way, shape, or form, Mister Mind. I would tell you to go away because it doesn't make any sense. And yet, boom, it happened. If you had told me there'd be a live-action DC anything with Asriel in it, 
I mean, come on. We're living in a golden era, man. Yeah, no, that's true. I can't wait for the Dark Hawk movie in 2026. Yeah. I have I not geeked out this hard since Thanos in 2012 because <laughs> I after after that episode of Brave and the Bold, yeah. I genuinely, genuinely love Mr. Mind. Uh-huh. I think he's like one of DC's best villains that they stole because he was Fawcett. But like, I was like, no, they're not doing it. So, his cameo in the beginning was cool, but they're not yeah. going to foolish mortals. And I was like, I was, I was shaking. And I, I think I... I, think I freaked my girlfriend out because I just had to explain it's a talking worm. It's like, yeah, Amanda turned to me, my wife turned to me, and was like, What the fuck? And I was like, Relax, dude. It makes sense, next movie. In 2019, we are getting both Mr. Mind and Mr. Mime. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> This is the this is the world we live in now. It is the Mimes be- comic got a movie? No, no. no. Uh, Mr. Mime the Pokemon. Yes, Mr. Mime in the Pokemon Detective, Detective Pikachu, Pikachu. Yes, which yes. I will be at opening point. opening night. I will be at the fucking Detective Pikachu movie because yeah, that shit I, is going to be awesome. Looks so good. Oh my god. Um, after I go watch okay. Infinity uh, Endgame for the sixth time, I'll go see Detective uh, Pikachu. You're going to be able to 12, 12 at that point. 12. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, um, well, no, I can go after work and watch Detective Pikachu on Thursday. Oh, yeah, you, guys, true. you guys can work this out off there. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. We're still in the same room. It's fine. Back to Shazam. Yeah. Why did they have Mary Marvel have a different actress at all? Um, I didn't even notice it. And why did they choose a 43-year-old woman or however old she is to be Wait, Mary Marvel? I guess oh, they had them... They like exaggerate the ages. Yeah, I don't know. That's what they wanted. Exactly the same. Well, th- th- they have to have some sort of transformation. She looked good for forty three. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Good. Good. I don't know how old she is. She looked significantly older than like Megan Good's in her thirties or whatever. Yeah, but like I we think did that's a great a, job. And I was like, oh my gosh, Megan Good. I think Megan that's the point though. Always been beautiful, and but now I'm more attractive than ever. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, I'm looking it up right now. Let's see. Grace Fulton. Uh, was Mary uh, in born in 1996? So she's tw- oh, young one, 23. Uh, yeah, something like that. And let's see what uh, what the other one is. Yeah, 23 because that's 12 years younger. Yeah. Than me. Uh, superhero Mary was Michelle Borth, uh, 1978. So six yeah. years older, than 40 41, years old. 41. Yeah. Wow. 41 this I wasn't year. Far off, eh? Hey, yeah. That. Yeah. That I mean, still 40. It's it's about right though. That's I mean, like twenty years difference, uh, yeah. eighteen years difference. Zach Levy's born, born in nineteen eighty, so that's you know that that's right. They, I think they tried to get as as close age wise as possible with the uh, with the grown actors. Um, yeah, it's kind of difficult with the older characters because yeah, there's you know they they're pretty Mary Marvel's. I mean, I mean Mary's pretty much like. I mean, she's eighteen. She's going to college, right? So it's it's like, well, how do you age up an eighteen year old? Yeah, you know? like it's really, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. they're not going to look so different at well, twenty years. That's later. that's yeah. what I couldn't figure out though. Like, what what is the master plan here for Shazam? Because those kids, like Darla aside, are not going to look young in three years when that next movie comes. Oh, I freaking out. love Darla. Right, Darla will still be young, but Asher Angel, the mm-hmm. guy who played Billy, and. Yeah. Jack Dylan Grazer, the guy who played Freddy, young Freddy. Yeah. You know, they're going to look like teenagers or adults by the time that next movie comes out. Yeah. And then you're going to turn them into Zach Levi and. Um, <laughs> it's the, the Stranger other Things problem. OC. You know, it's just going to be like <laughs> adult to adult instead of something else. No, the Asian know. kid's like eight or nine. It's not that much. I think they're just going to just do the adult actors because, like, like in, in Young Justice, uh, I like the most recent season. Um, Billy Batson was like I think seventeen or eighteen, so he was much older, but like he still transformed into like a super powerful adult. So I guess the idea is that like maybe those transform into different people. 
more so than like their adult selves. I don't know. The thing you, is, well, the idea is their their fullest potential is unlocked. Or yeah, something like that. Right. So your entire bone structure changes. Hey, but, but uh, <laughs> look, man, anything, and we know this from experience because I mean, hell, nine hundred two one zero and like uh, Riverdale and all that jazz. Anything can be achieved age wise by baggy clothing. Smallville. I mean, Tom Welling's like ninety-seven. Uh, yeah, Smallville's <laughs> not still going on. <laughs> I mean, but like, but like, he's ninety-seven now. Yeah. Smallville ended fifteen years ago. That means he was eighty-three That's when the show true. ended. That's playing true. a twenty-five-year-old. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. okay. He was like twenty-five when that show started. Exactly. <laughs> Eric, Eric was like what thirty-seven when the show ended. Something like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm Tom. I'm Tom's. I'm Tom Welling's age when he started that show. I'm thirty-five. Yeah. So let's point out, Mark Strong, this is now the second DC villain that he has played yep. on screen. And he did a great job every time. Did a very, Mark, he, Strong, he's, Mark Strong is always great. DC villain he's played. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. John Clever. Oh, my Plur- God. You're right. Plurotic oh, my man. God. <laughs> he was he was Luther Senior. He was the he was a uh, Doctor Flor- he was a uh, Doctor Woodrow. He was the Riddler, uh-huh. and now he's like Evil Savannah Senior. Oh my God, Doctor Woodrow or- from yeah. Batman and Robin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the guy that makes Poison Ivy hurt Poison Ivy. I thought that was Floronic Man. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, him. Yeah. He was Floronic Man in that movie. <laughs> and then and then Small she kills Bill, him with a kiss. Batman and Robin in this movie. What was the fourth one? Batman the Animated Series. Series yeah, mm-hmm. he voiced the Riddler. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. And let's point out that Adam Brody and DJ Catrona uh, got to finally be superheroes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, DJ Catrona is supposed to be Superman, I believe, in the yep. George Miller version. Mm-hmm. That's and, cool. And Good Adam for Brody, Brody was, was Flash. Flash? Good for yep. them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Adam Brody was Flash. How old would he have been? Oh, the, the, this was supposed to be happening was like 10 years ago, so he would have been yeah. 10 years younger. Mm-hmm. Was it 20? I thought it was 2011. It was like Man of Steel, uh, like around Man of that Steel time. was 2014. I so Justice League was 2012. Like, Let me see. Like, like before like the Marvel movies came out. It was like Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. That was 2012. Yeah, that was 2012. Let's see. Oh, okay. Because I remember when Dark Because Dark Knight was 2007. So there's no way it could be Dark other Night than 2008. that. 2008. 2008, my bad. It was, it was between two, Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises, between 2008 and 2010. 2010, 2011, yeah. I would yeah. say. Well, when, was the, when was the writer's strike? Because that's that's when it was. 2011. That was 2007. Oh. oh. 07? Well, in, in that case, then, then, that, then that's when it was, because that's the reason that it never went forward. Yeah, it was because of the writer's strike. Because of the writer's strike, yeah. So I don't know enough about this movie. I, I'm finding all these things out. Yeah, look, look, look it up, man. I mean, you know, again, they they had they had the freaking uh, you know the 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 test uh, costumes and everything, and they were literally weeks away from uh, from filming. They were they were like two weeks away from a principal photography. Yep. And this is this is before Rise came Hammer out. So this is in between yeah. Batman movies. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. Yep. It was a, it was going to be a separate from the Dark Knight universe, and because uh, I don't I think I didn't I think this is before they approved Rises. Yeah, because I think if, I think at that point Christian Bale was kind of iffy on being Batman again. Do we really want another billion dollar movie? Let's think about it. <laughs> well, no, I mean no, well, but I mean I like the, they, they the people involved. On it, I think because Dark Knight did so well or yeah. something like that. Yeah, I think it was Nolan. It came out so good. Yeah, Nolan and and Bale weren't so sure, so they wanted to do a reboot. Yeah, and, so, and sorry, I keep saying George Romero instead of George Miller because George Romero is a very different person. <laughs> yeah, he's dead. Very different filmmaker. Yeah, right. like Bruce Wayne's parents. Yeah. Oh well, wow! <laughs> We're talking about Batman's 80th anniversary. What happened to the Waynes? I didn't hear about it. You, you try. You really tried to just throw that in there, hoping that we wouldn't notice. Yeah, no. Of course. Gonna go after John Singleton for having a heart attack recently too. Jesus Christ, dude! <laughs> I'm just saying, Bruce Wayne's parents are dead. What do you want me to tell you? It's and and. Uh, <laughs> 
And, uh, don't, don't, no, no, don't, don't feed into it. And his mother made bread. Okay, uh, so yeah. uh, his, his mother made bread. <laughs> I just, I just posted into our into our group chat, by the way, uh, what the uh, costumes looked like for oh, that okay. for that George Miller. Uh, I haven't seen. Wow, them they're going for like the New Fifty Two Rebirth suit years in advance. Yeah, uh-huh. right. I, yeah, no, that's actually a very good point. <laughs> they just fortunate. They want. Oh, to- you know what's crazy? Maybe they did the New Fifty Two to kind of tie in with this, and then they canceled the movie, and they were like, "Well, shit." It's too late. We've already got it on the public publishing schedule. We gotta go through with it. You're prob- no, I don't think so. No, I, don't think so. I mean Marvel like revamps all the comic book stuff to make it look like the movies. Why not? Not all the but time. They, they never betray their continuity, though. At least not yet. Yeah, yeah. Marvel continuity is very nebulous. Yeah, Marvel doesn't betray continuity. Well, I mean, they've never they've never done like you know. Crisis. You want to talk about Young Nick Fury? <laughs> they, secret. Uh, yeah, thank you. Secret. Thank you. Secret Wars. It was a uh, was Nick basically Fury their crisis. Junior? Yeah. Well, wait a second. They never do like, 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 because the Infinity 2 was, you know, oh, nothing ever happened until right now, five years ago, or whatever. Like, uh, to my knowledge, right. like, Ultimate Universe was separate. So, to my knowledge, Marvel's not done something like that. Yeah. Permanently. Even, even though, even though there's a, there's apparently been like multiple resets along the line that we're not even aware of that got brought up at one point inside of Marvel Universe continuity. Like, this is like the seventh universe or something. I, I, for, I forget where that was coming up or how many years ago that even was but they were trying to explain it that way but yeah there have well, we know there, this is the second because of hickman's secret wars yes right? and yeah. ooh, and ooh, hickman's hickman's writing x-men hickman yeah. Hickman's writing x-men yeah that's gonna be that's gonna be fun he actually likes x-men i know i know yeah he didn't really like avengers <laughs> no that's the thing he i think Does he said he like that cyclops like i do he didn't like <laughs> avengers no he he wasn't a big avengers fan and yet he created one of my all-time favorite avengers stories so i'm really excited for x-men that's true it's that's true. the thing like infinity is amazing yeah. and he didn't even care about the characters that much so i mean can you imagine what he does with characters he cares about i i love the time runs out portion of his run i like the beginning of his run infinity as an event never made any sense to me because you had the two separate storylines of thanos and the builders then to make matters worse, you couldn't just read the Infinity Event and get the entire story. Yeah, you had to you read had Avengers to and New read Avengers. Avengers and New yeah. Avengers. It was like, but I was already like, reading them, so whatever. You know, I, like. I, so was I, but I did. I didn't understand the point of having an event book and then have part one, part two, part three, and then issue number two, part one, part two, part three, issue number three, part one, part two, part three. And it just felt really bloated. And yeah, I, and, I feel like that's more know. of a publishing problem than it is a Hickman problem, though. I, I don't disagree with you, but it doesn't make any sense. Like that's why the Hickman or the Infinity Collection has is so fat. Yeah, that's why I love it. Because mm-hmm. you cannot tell that story without these other issues. Give it to me. Give me all of it. Mm-hmm. For them. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love that kind of shit, man. <laughs> I am all about like overbloated, convoluted. Sh- I'm a Morrison fan. What do you want from me? Saga. It's true. It's I, true. I, 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 I've actually never read the Clone Saga, and if I've read it, you've I've, never read the Clone. No, saga? I skipped. I avoided it. I avoided like the. We were born the same year. No, here, the but I was a D- I was a DC fan first. I didn't read. I didn't read Marvel until um, Heroes Were Born. All right, so Heroes Return. Sorry, you have homework, sir. Oh, of course. Okay. No, I have the first volume. I've read. I've read like a quarter of it all right get the rest out from the well, library or something the, the problem is i don't it's in a box somewhere you know then that. get it out from the goddamn I library get, i owe the library like seven hundred dollars <laughs> so pay them four dollars marvel comicsology marvel unlimited yeah no i'm getting marvel Unlimited pretty soon there i'm gonna go. i'm gonna read it it's just that you have to read the worst best era or best worst era i haven't decided which one yeah but like Spider-Man. i got i've mentioned this before I'm, i was a dc guy first i read dc 
from 94 to 98 yeah. and then I got bored I, like, I wanted more not mm-hmm. that I got bored I wanted more and then I started Marvel 98 I started with Avengers number one and Spider-Man chapter one number one <laughs> those are my first two Marvel books that I've, when I started collecting wow I I remember them just like they were yesterday. Getting us barely back on topic, by the <laughs> way, uh, since we were talking about Shazam. Uh, so, do you do you want to see DC just continue this process of just individual movies and just steer clear from team movies as much as possible? I mean, t- unless you want to count Suicide Squad and and Birds of Prey happening. No, that, that's not that's. But those are established teams, right? Exactly. They're not like oh, let's just get these individual characters into a team, right? Uh, but but Brandon, uh, wh- I mean, wh- where are you right now on that? So I like this fresher. Honestly, I I like the fact that we're just getting these small individual movies, which just happen to be in the same universe. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. Without beating us over the top of the head with saying, "Oh, this is all connected to here. This is all connected to here. This is all connected to here." I think this and movie kind of did, but nevertheless, <laughs> no, I, I, it, it did, but it really didn't. It, it's it's in the same universe that you know, Batman exists. Aquaman exists, you know, Wonder Woman exists, they exist in this world, but you don't have to have them saying, oh, this movie will lead to another movie here, or this will lead you down the road to a heavy-handed Justice League film. I, I think I like having these more personal stories with the DC Universe a little bit more than I do with the Marvel Universe, only because the, with the Marvel Universe, that's what they fed us to. I think with DC, because they had to rush to get to Justice League, you just got hit over the head saying, this is all together here, and this all ties into something bigger. Mm-hmm. I, I want to feel the weight of these stories. I want to I actually have a moment with these characters where they're actually getting a spotlight and an origin right. before I see them team up again. You know? Okay. Yeah. So so, so essentially, you, you want growth before... They they're like, hey, let's get together and and go fight crime and then have pizza. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Right. I, w- I want to see like that's what made Wonder Woman great because you you saw like an actual character arc right. with her. You know? Yeah. You saw the you saw the growth of her from you know this wide eyed woman on Themyscira to being this hardened warrior walking through no man's land. That's that's what made that scene so impactful. You know. Right. That's what made that's what made that's what made Aquaman actually really good. You you saw this character who was just a colossal tool bag grow into being the king. You know. Let's let, let's and be then, let's be real though. We had a whole movie of Aqua Bro. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> let's be real though. It was the octopus playing the drums that made Aquaman a great movie. Okay. Not. not uh, I mean. Hundred percent. It was. Hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's why that's why you know with Shazam, I, I think there's a greater resonance with Shazam. Story-wise, mm-hmm. uh, because it's it's there is a clear message to the story. It's a it's a movie about family, you know. Where uh, also about finding it's pretty much there's two. There, to my belief, there's two messages in this movie. You know, one is about family. It's not who your family is. Family is what what you make it to be. And also to fi- finding where you fit in. Honestly, that's what the other movie. That's what this other message of the, of the movie is. Where you see this Billy Batson. He's he's this purposely purposeful square peg and a round hole. You know, mm-hmm. he's always trying to not belong because he feels that he belongs someplace else. He's always trying to get himself kicked out of another other, of another foster home, right. so that he'll find where he belongs. And he realizes that you know I should stop trying to force myself to 
be someplace where I shouldn't be and just find where I can fit in anywhere. I think that's, he didn't really have a choice after his mom was like, hey, I left you there. Fuck you. Right, but that's that again, was that's brutal. That was that, that was that was the most depressing part of the entire. That was pretty movie. bad. Oof. Right, but but then again, you know, after that happens, he realizes, oh shit, I had this whole family with me the entire time, where I could have belonged the entire time. Yeah, and then that's what that's what that's what makes that rooftop scene a little really powerful, actually. You know, yeah, where he gets a phone call from Zafana, and he's like, you know, I've got your family. Yeah, and you know, it's like, I, now I know what I have to do. I have to kind of, in essence, grow up a little bit more. Not not nearly as powerful though as when uh, Savannah was giving him the supervillain speech, and uh, that's when really what? What? what what I can't hear you over here. I'm all the way over here. <laughs> like, I really can't hear what you're saying. Can you come a little bit closer. I'm going to squeeze the life out of what? <laughs> oh, screw it. I, so I just good. hope that these like <clears throat> Jason Momoa, Zach Levi. They may kind of be one note, like Zach Levi does the comedy thing really well. If you're not a fan of Chuck and you're a fan of Shazam, you need to go watch Chuck. Oh, I love Chuck. He's all, he, Chuck was awesome. He was also great and, in uh, season two of Ms. Maisel. Okay, I haven't watched that. Yeah. But I don't know what he does in there. But hit Chuck and Shazam, kind of similar yeah. to what he can do. Aquaman, I think he does, Jason Momoa probably does pretty much the same thing in every movie. Everything is done. Uh, so, all right. All right. Yeah. Not anymore because I mean, he doesn't have the beard. Speaking its different language, but whatever. Brandon, don't even fucking kid. He was the more, same character on Atlantis. Come on. More opportunities <laughs> for these actors other than these films because they're really good at what they can do, and as long as they can find stuff that where they can do what they can do, I think they'll be successful. Yeah. It also just hit me that Jason Momoa was on a show called Stargate Atlantis, and he's also played Aquaman. But uh, yeah, you knew that already. <laughs> oh yeah, um, what do you call it? Um, Aquaman. Zach Levi is also a, a double universer. He was Fandral. Yeah, though, you're right. In, um, you're in right. Ragnarok and uh, Dark World. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's five minutes in, in uh, Ragnarok. Yeah, well, it's Not a death scene. Five minutes, like, like 10 seconds. 30 seconds. Yeah, it was it was 30 seconds. What are you? <laughs> one line got cut out because it was, it was supposed to say, like, you know, four hours guard, but, like, they cut that out. <laughs> was, like, that was his line. His line was. <laughs> 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 his line was more if they say a line. But he had more to say in the best, uh, you know, Marvel movie in the entire franchise, though, Thor 2. The Dark World. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a dark <laughs> movie. <there. laughs> dark Right, the, the Dark World. I think that's like the consensus worst Marvel movie. It's it's the toughest low. to watch. Yes, Marvel, but, and that's and that's Honestly, funny. I kind of think Captain Marvel's worst. Iron Man, Iron Man really? Two. I can really? watch Captain Marvel really? though. Don- Captain Marvel, Donovan, okay. Donovan, you smoke, you smoke in the crack. I'm sorry. No, no, me and Donovan team up. Captain no, Marvel, no, look as angry as, as Brent was, but like uh, I saw it a second time with my brother, and like we were kind of like that really wasn't very impressive. It, it was it was not horrible, but yeah. like I think there have been better films. No, that's I the thing. Was- um, the worst Marvel movie is still like an average movie. Yeah. Whereas the worst superhero yeah, yeah. movie is way worse than oh a my worst God. Marvel BBS movie. Is the worst. Yeah. That's the thing. Like like not even BVS. Like like Elektra, Catwoman. Ghost Rider? Yeah. Put the monkey back on. Put the monkey... No, Ghost Rider, forget it. I'm sorry, I take that back. Ghost Rider's the best Marvel movie ever. Do you like Ghost Italian? Ghost Rider eating jelly beans has a certain thing for it, okay? I am talking to the demon inside of me. I not control your fire. I fucking love that movie. I take it back. I'm so sorry. Ghost Rider 2 is terrible, though. And it's got Donald Logue, okay? Yes. Yeah, that's, that's right. Oh, that's right, yeah. That's right. Donald Logue on the soon-to-end Gotham... 
That's right. That's oh, Harvey right. Bullock. Jim, I mean, Johnny. Oh, my. Oh. franchise I'm in right now. <laughs> uh, Gotham's Dawson great. Blade. Gotham's great. Gotham. Uh, yes, you're right. He was in Blade. Yeah. Hey, hey. Cro- oh, shit. Cro- cross universe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gosh, you're right. Actors, man. I mean, they, they, they keep on bouncing back. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, hell yeah. He's always a genre. You always a character actor, don't you? Yeah. He was also a Viking. On, oh. Vikings. on Vikings. I need a what's his face to be in a DC movie now. Who? Um, uh, Yandu. I forget his real name. Yeah, yeah, Michael Rooker. Yeah, Rooker. Yeah, I need to Suicide Squad too, baby. Come on. Oh yeah, actually, no. There's there's one character that Michael Rooker is like perfect to play. Kilowog. Oh my God! Yes. Voicing Kilowog. Yep. Hooser. Who who voiced Kilowog? Kilowog sounded like he's right from the farm. (laughs) Who voiced Kilowog in Green Lantern? Was that Michael Clark Duncan? Michael Duncan. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Wow, how long ago was that? That was one of his last roles, wasn't it? What year did he die? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, because yeah. because Green Lantern was 2011. Let's see. Oh, jeez. Uh, Michael Clark Duncan passed away in 2012. Oh, the next year. Okay. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yep. This is surgery, right? Uh, yeah. He died of a broken heart. Oh come on, dude! Oh, 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 oh. Jesus, that's a little harsh. That's... He did, and Omarosa will not stop talking about him to this day. <laughs> Anywho, uh, you know, let, let's let, let's let's shift. Actually, listen, if anyone can make the death jokes, it's the guy that that's the closest to it. Okay, that's, that's that. You, you make a you make oh. a, you make a, a fair point. Uh, you just saw death the other day. She was doing. Yeah, that. she's great. Yeah. Speaking of death, Avengers Endgame. Hey, no, we don't. We're not talking about Endgame. We're, no, not, we're talking not talking about, about that. Not, no. no, 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 no. We're not talking about that until the end of the episode when Brett's not paying attention. All right, so yeah, uh, uh, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I will not fall asleep so that you may not talk about. Endgame. Twenty-four hours from now, I can talk about. It. Seriously, I'm I'm gonna be in the theater twenty-four hours from now. We're going to nine o'clock tomorrow night. Oh, I'm man. going. Eight. God, I'm not seeing it till fucking Sunday. Well, God, no, what damn the fuck it, are you man. waiting for? No one, no one talked to Ian. Yeah, I know. I, I, I although th- there is a there is a slight chance that I may wake up hella early on Friday morning to see a seven a.m. show, but I, That's I will, nuts. I will think about it. Um, Donovan, I want to, I want to know more about your experience at this at this Batman, uh, you know, get together that that was going on, like this uh, this meeting of the minds uh, that I know that uh, Mr. Adam Murdo also attended uh, as an attendee. But uh, you all, you had some you had some talks there you were part of, correct? Yeah. So what it was was uh, Bowling Green State University in Bowling Green, Ohio, uh, for Batman's Batman's 80th anniversary. The pop culture department at that at that school held uh, a conference, a pop culture conference about Batman, and it was it was cool. It was it was it was very academic. So there were a lot of it was like two thirds of the people giving presentations were professors, and the rest were co- podcasters. Actually, um, so I went with um, two of my best friends, Josh and Stella. We've all been podcasting about Batman before, and uh, it was uh, April twelfth and April thirteenth. Mm-hmm. And my presentation, uh, well, you, you had it like because we first heard about this like like nine months ago, and uh, you had to send in an, an abstract, like a proposal for your presentation, to see mm-hmm. if it was like you know. Uh, suitable for it. And pretty much, I think everything was pretty much accepted. Because uh, some were more just like character appreciations than others, which were a lot more analytical. The size of Batman's ears. Which ones do you <laughs> prefer and why? Oh, I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you don't end up on Kelly Jones or Frank Miller, you're good. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> no, totally agreed. Yeah. Yep. True that. True that. But my, I don't like him too was, short, um, though. 
the name of mine was called uh, how the <laughs> how the heteronormative patriarchy of Batman comics are challenged by his supporting cast. Ooh. Jesus, what? <laughs> title there, Wait, is that is that a fancy way of giving uh, Cassandra Cain a spotlight? I did in with her, yes. So, <laughs> um, I, I, and I and I was very happy to do so. But basically, it was the idea that like. Um, and really, I could never tell. <laughs> Based on your Twitter feed, yeah, right. Inflaming <laughs> mine with Cassandra Kane bullshit. Cassandra Kane is the best Batgirl. She fucking is. <laughs> I like oh, Stephanie. Barbara's so good with her red hair. Right, I like on. Barbara. I like Stephanie, but Cassandra's my Batgirl. Stephanie, Stephanie is mine, but uh, uh, Cassandra is pretty close. Yeah, my, I, my I have every issue of Batgirl either. from issue like twelve on. Nice. It's either Cassandra Kane standing or. Spider-Man PS4 pictures. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually very true. Yeah. Um, but what, what it was about was that essentially uh, the Batman comics have a history of kind of maintaining a certain status quo. Mm-hmm. And, and like, if you if you actually kind of read like the history, kind of basically from the seventies on, I think the seventies is where uh, interesting stories really started happening in terms of, like social relevance. Like I talk about how Dick Grayson went to college in like the late sixties, where there was a lot of like social upheaval. There was a Kent State shootings. There was the Weathermen group. Mm-hmm. There was um, protesting the Vietnam War. So yeah, uh, uh, the writer Mike Friedrich, who wrote like his backup stories in Detective Comics, would use it to show Dick Grayson being a more realistic young teenage young adult character, and that actually plays into his development to become his own man throughout the seventies and eighties, and that's. That demonstrates kind of a growth and change of character, but other heroes and other characters who are a lot more come from minority backgrounds, like I talk about um, Leslie Tompkins, I talk about uh, Renee Montoya, I talk about Lady Shiva, I talk about um, Orpheus, uh, Cassandra Cain, obviously. The Batman comics have a history of more often than not um, kind of uh, stopping any sort of fundamental status quo changes. Mm -hmm. And obviously this is a superhero comic, so it was always going to kind of end that way. But the lengths in which it goes can be kind of really startling. Like I mentioned how, like for instance, Sandra Kane's comic book uh, outsold Tim's book like two to one for like the first three years of his run. Really? Wow. Yeah, it did. Wow. Yeah, and like, and like I, I ran the charts and like uh, uh, she was the first Batgirl to have her own ongoing series, ran for you know five, five or six years, 73 mm-hmm. issues. And then like one year later happens and she's like Tim's arch enemy. Yeah, uh, I remember that. Tompkins yeah. is always talking to Bruce about, you know, uh, more pacifistic ways to help Gotham City, not in, employing violence, and his crime finding ways versus his pacifism or her pacifism. So there's usually this sort of like social discussion, and eventually war war games happens where she you know her pacifism is so extreme that she had to kill Stephanie Brown in order to make him see things differently. And so mm-hmm. uh, I talk about how um, Renee Montoya being outed in Gotham Central was a very uh, unique first for Batman comics. It was a very like realistic storyline. And if you read the storyline, and it's a great storyline, I know Rock I won a Glad Award for that. The story pretty much ends with Batman arriving. Mm-hmm. And there's other characters like this, you know, Orpheus and Orpheus Rising miniseries, and like there's other there's a history of Batman comics um kind of blunting diff- human difference. And, and obviously this is not a fault of the character, but it's really the fault of the genre. Yeah. But these characters challenge uh the types of stories you can do with just him. So it does demonstrate a sort of promise of diversity to kind of look back on. And I, I end with, like, there are more diverse characters, such as Batwoman and Duke Thomas and Harper Rowe and Night Runner. But some of these characters we've not seen in a while. Some of these characters, we don't know where they are. I think yeah. Batwoman's title just ended. So there's this question of what 
what is meaningful diversity in superhero comics? And I think if you look at the history of the Batman comics, there are some shocking uh, instances of uh, stories. There are some surprising instances of stories. There are some depressing examples of stories. But I think that, like, it, it's overall... I, I do end up on a hopeful note saying that, like, you know... M- True progress is more of a push and pull over the course of a long period of time, not mm-hmm. just one instance of something changing everything. So right. I was kind of talking about that, and um, the challenge was to stick it all in, in 15 minutes, and I ended up being 20, but <laughs> it seemed pretty well received. Yeah, no, I I, I heard about them uh, about the 15 minute uh, time limit. That's that's a that's a bit rough, man. Like trying trying to fit all that uh, knowledge into 15 minute time period is it's a it's a bit it's a bit stick. It's a bit stiff. <laughs> you yeah, could have talked was... about Batman's years for 15 minutes and been fine, but you wouldn't have picked that long title. <laughs> half the time was the title, jeez. Well, the moment I learned about this, I was like, I gotta do this. This is where I gotta be. So oh I yeah, came up with the most the most pretentious, like professorial title, like I could come up with. Um, yeah, no, that, well, that I think worked. You achieved your goal. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, this wasn't this wasn't like a like a pop like a like you know like a an event at like a convention or anything. This was like a you know a collegiate yeah. like mm-hmm. academic event so yeah. yeah you have to kind of be more pretentious oh, no yeah, yeah. i was i was yeah. in the panel we were at it was before i was the, the second of three people in that panel and i was flanked by two professors mm-hmm. so i didn't want i just didn't want to like you know uh yeah, up your game like a trying batman, <laughs> yeah no you got your game batman's cow eyebrows or no eyebrows eyebrows mm. no eyebrows yellow over or no yellow over Ooh. um i I, I think I think Hello. the I actually really like the yellow outline that Capullo did. I grew up on it, but I prefer no no oval. I don't like I don't like Capullo's outline. I preferred the Finch Batman Ink one. Mm. Okay, yeah, yeah, that was cool. I, that was pretty I, good. I like the the no outline Fat Bat though. Oh, like we got in uh, War Games. Mm. Love that one so much. Yeah, I like the um, I like the style where it's gray on black and it's it's the the black bat on the gray on the gray suit. Mm-hmm. That's like the. The new Avengers of Batman one. I like a purple Batman suit. Uh, I mean, the, that's with, the current with, one with 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 green out uh, uh, like outlines. Oh, the Zernar Batman. No, never mind. Never mind. Zernar Batman is my favorite of all time. I'm done. I'm done. We're done. Zernar. Zernar. I'll just say that. Emanations. Uh, you can you uh, uh, my friend Stella who runs a Batgirl Oracle Barbara Gordon podcast over mm-hmm. at thebatmanuniverse.net. She recorded mine, hers, and and a few other uh, presentations on her latest episode which is out now so if, if you nice. guys are interested to listen to any of the presentations uh you go over to her podcast and uh download the episode which i think it's episode 175 uh cool yeah is uh, that on your on your facebook or twitter I, yeah i shared it on twitter yeah hey Ian. okay what you should put that in your show notes fuck you <laughs> did you favorite it so i can find it easily instead of scrolling through all the um Back row memes and stuff. Little brother of favor. Pin it. Hour, so I'm sure you can you can find it rather. Pin it. Let me see. Were, were there were there any other uh, ones you got to attend that uh, that stick out to you? Well, uh, Mark Barr was there. He gave a keynote speech, and um, he was mega salty over, over DC for how he kind of got screwed around with the outsiders Oof. who he created. Oh boy. Uh, or at least the group. Um, Mike there was W. Barr or Mark Barr. Mike W. Barr. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. That was interesting. Uh, like, like you, you, I think you mentioned before we started recording. Like, there was one about uh, Batman and the use of detective skills over the course of the live action films. Yep. There was there was some people from other, you know, outside America. There was a guy from Switzerland talking about the advertisement of Batman um, toys. There was one about Bat manga. There was really one that I really thought 
I, I never thought about this or I never, you know, knew about this was like Batman and like his relationship to parenthood. Hmm. And it showed that there's a weird trend about vilifying mothers. <laughs> like from from Talia, Talia yeah. to like, you know, Earth to Catwoman to yep. literally a villain called Mother in like Batman and Robin Eternal. To oh, like, yeah, um, that's um, right. To um, oh, what's her name? Um, Nocturna. And, and, I, and I was like, well, listen to this presentation. Like, shit, he's right. Yeah, and, and you always hear about Thomas Wayne, like, and and they've even you know yeah. brought Thomas Wayne back a bunch of times, but never really hear too much about Martha, do you? Martha Wayne's the Joker. Yeah. What? Why, why, <laughs> why did you say that name? Hey, that was a great storyline. Yeah, it, it was. was. It was. It was. Also, in the Batman Earth One novel by Jeff Johns, which I'm sure will be the subject for Matt Reeves's films, based off any indication. Uh, getting paid for Aquaman and for Shazam somehow. Hmm. Martha was an Arkham. Oh, yes. But it also leads into her being crazy, which does that make her a villain? Not, who knows? Eh, it might. Might down the road. Um, the cool thing is that, like, uh, they said that they were, the, the, the department said they were very pleased with the turnout and the, the quality of the presentation. So, good. In a, in a week or so, they seek to contact everybody to have them submit written forms of the presentations and compile it into a book to be, like, you know, published and put out oh, there. Yeah. So. That's cool. Very nice. Very nice. All right. Money. Nice. Money, money, so, money. Are you going to go to Bowling Green and get a doctorate in Batman after that? <laughs> Man, I wish. Like, they said that, like, uh, uh, in a couple of years, it'll be um, Wonder Woman's 80th anniversary, mm-hmm. and they like to open up to like Wonder Woman and all female superheroes, uh, which would include Batgirl, so I so I can like wax forward about Cassandra Cain more. Or the, is or there other an characters. issue of Batgirl meeting Wonder Woman? You can just spend 15 minutes on. Be like, look at this art; it's so beautiful. Uh, Cassandra's so beautiful in this by panel. Connor, Cassandra's in like the opening story. Or you could do yeah. the Batman. You could do the Batgirl double size hundred hundred issue. The silent one. Mm. Oh yeah. Wonder Woman and the size of the W on her costume. Which do you prefer? <laughs> By and Ed why? <laughs> Wonder Woman and the size of the blue on her butt. <laughs> By Mike the Diodato. size of the blue. <laughs> Wonder Woman the size of her bracelets. Hey, hey, Diodato might have a lot more opportunity to do that now that he's no longer with Marvel. So. Diana needs bracelets. <laughs> Diana's wearing pants. We riot. Oh, J. Michael Straczynski said, what? What? Oh, boy. <laughs> Adrian Padalecki. Yeah, I know. Oh, I kind of want to see that pilot. It's don't. don't no, you don't. No, that, 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 that's like, she says something like, you know, like, like, like perfect these, ass, these perfect tits. Wonder Woman dolls need large tits or something like that. Oh, it's like, and, she's eating, and then she gets sad about a boy and she eats ice cream. Yep. I've seen that. I've yes. seen it still. Yeah. I, I, I've watched I've watched most of, if not all, of that pilot at one point. I just want to see it just because. Yeah, I, she belongs on the Orville. No, I mean she's great she's on the Orville. So good. Yeah, <laughs> she's love, really good on the I Orville. Love, I love the Orville. Who, who wrote that pilot though? So like someone famous wrote that pilot. Uh, I'm, let me, let me look um, it up. Joss Whedon. Was no, it? no, it was like it was like a really big TV writer. Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah that, I, and I know I know. Who I'm blanking it was. on the name. David E. Kelly. David E. Kelly. Who? No, it was David E. Kelly. Yeah. Yeah, so the the guy who did Boston Public, Boston Legal, The Practice. Uh, yeah, uh, Is, wasn't Ultron on one of those? Uh, yes, Spader. Yes. Yeah, James Spader was on one of those shows. Yeah, he was, he, he, no, he was on. He was on The Boston Practice Legal. and Boston Legal. And Boston Legal. Yeah, and with uh, with sorry with Shatner. Yes. That's right. That's right. Good times. Oh, yeah. Yep. Good times indeed. Denny Crane. Denny Crane. Denny Crane. He insane. He insane. 
All right. Well, that's that. That's good to know, man. And I'm glad you had a good time. And uh, I hope they do more things like that in the future. What's next on the list? Many, many, many things. But uh, <laughs> I think there's one thing that might take a while. So there's this series coming out from DC right now. Right. It's a mini series. Right. Well, do you want to shit on Hellboy first? Uh, you know what? Fuck it. Do it. I haven't seen Heck Kid yet. Because <laughs> I, I, I like how you preface that. Let's, I, let's, let's sit on it. I have not seen Heck Boy yet. So Heck I, Kid. I, I, it's nope. more alliterative. Oh, okay. Heck, right. kid. All right. I, I have not seen Lobster Johnson yet. Gosh. <laughs> so I saw Hellboy, so you don't have to. <laughs> In, wait, hold on. An essay by Brent Casino. Please continue. That's literally how I like oh, – I don't think that was a caption for one of my postings for the video I did on the YouTube and it's on Facebook and all that shit. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this, this Hellboy is just like – you want to talk about Zack Snyder being violent to be violent or being gruesome to be gruesome and being out there for the fans. You know, that's what this Hellboy was. Mm-hmm. There's no nuance. And one of the things I said, in, like, David Harbour looks great in the makeup. He's a little more grizzled than Ron Perlman. It's not as clean cut, as it were. Um, lots of scars and stuff like that. But this, his Hellboy is basically like the times where Harper, Hooper, what, whatever the character's name Hopper. is in Stranger Things, Hopper, yelling in the hallways. That's this Hellboy all the time. Hey, get over here. Hey, Dad, why are you doing this? Hey, hey. Like, there's <laughs> no. He's on or he's off. And when he's on, he's like, you know, it's top like of the line. It's like De Niro being Hellboy. <laughs> Not De Niro, um, Pacino. It's Pacino. You talking boy. to me? Hey, hey, I'm Hellboy hey. here. Hey. hey. I'm Hellboy. Yeah. And I am so yeah, I sick and tired. I know I, he's great in Deadwood. I watched Deadwood. Uh-huh. I will watch the Deadwood movie when it comes out. Yeah, I'm so sick and tired of seeing you Ian son of a bitch. do the same thing over and over and over again. Like, he's doing it in Kings, and yeah. it worked for Kings. Oh, I loved Kings. The short-lived series. Uh, Kings was so good. Kings but was the best it, damn thing Macaulay Culkin was ever in. Brooklyn, man. But, <laughs> was was he in that one? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Macaulay, I know, Ma- I know. Bucky was in it. Ma- yeah, Macaulay Culkin uh, played, I think, a friend of Bucky in that, if I if I remember correctly. Bucky Barnes. And yes, it was mostly yeah. filmed in Brooklyn and and New York. So that James made me Buchanan, happy. Bucky Barnes. Anyway, mm-hmm. yep. Like Ian McShane is just a one note guy for me at this point. Like I was, I think the other thing too, I was rewatching um, Game of Thrones season six, mm-hmm. and he shows up for one episode there and does the same exact. Per- thing yeah. he does in Hellboy and Deadwood and all that stuff. American like, Gods. Uh, American Gods yeah. is, is very McShane heavy. Yeah. But uh but it works there at least. Like that. Also that, John okay. Wick, right? He's yeah. John Wick. Oh my god, yes. It, Jonathan. John Wick three. John, yeah. I just bought John Wick two. I just bought it, so I'm gonna watch it um after I see a uh, endgame for the sixth time. I think Wick Two is on HBO right now, so if you have HBO Go, you might Oh fuck. Watch I do have it. um Adam gave me his password for HBO. Oh, Go, okay. So all right, we'll go figure it out. I bought it for nothing. <laughs> eh, it's whatever. Cool. Anywho. Um but yeah, it's just like and it also too, like they're since this is an R-rated Hellboy versus the PG-13 ones of the past, they're going super gore. Like, the monsters are as monstrous as they can be. Some of them are a little too Del Toro-y, where it's like, uh-huh. couldn't get away from that aesthetic. Mm. You've seen some of those people in the trailers, but yeah. what you haven't seen is these monsters just rip people apart and then go nonstop and just be as bloody and gory as they can be because they can, as opposed to having a purpose. And like the, there was one review I was reading, and it was like the the best thing about, the best thing they could say about this movie is it's a bunch of vignettes 
pulled from the comic books mm-hmm. tried to stitch together in a movie. Okay. Like the Wild Hunt is in this book and <laughs> I'm I like Hellboy. I've read the first eight volumes. I haven't read everything. Without any so input from, from, from McNeil. Before Wild Hunt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's when like the uh, volume eight Darkness Calls is when Duncan Fergredo jumped on to do a bunch of art and he does a great job. But so I haven't read the storyline, but they're like just people riding horses hunting giants with dead animals on their heads and that goes awry or whatever but it has it has very little ties to the the blood queen storyline so it's like a bunch of little pieces and you know it starts off with an action sequence there's nothing to do with the main storyline which we always talk about for the spider-man movies like you know just get this in there and then you actually see it in hellboy and you're like I don't know if I really like this kind of structure. It's just, I don't know. It's totally a wait for HBO thing and check your phone during the movie. It's one of those movies. It's not unwatchable. It's just not good at all. That's that's a shame. So, so what you're saying is having absolutely no input from the creator is a bad thing. Yeah. (laughs) So basically. I no, th- think they just tried to pivot as hard as they could away from the Del Toro movies, mm-hmm. which, to in my mind, got Hellboy right. Yeah. Or were my introductions to Hellboy, and then I read the comics, and I was like, these things agree with each other, even though they don't tell the same storylines, which is fine. Like, Golden Army is an entirely new storyline from Del Toro, not from Mignola, even though they work together on the mo- both of those movies, like, intensely. Yeah. Mignola, uh, Del Toro couldn't not care enough about what Mignola thought of every decision he made on right. those movies. Like, yeah. might as well have been co-directed by Mignola. Mm-hmm. But they tr- they pivot so hard away from that that it's it's it turns you off. That's a shame. One yeah. of my favorite movie-going moments is still Hellboy Two. <laughs> I'm not a baby. I'm a tumor. <laughs> it is a tumor. <laughs> We saw that together. Didn't yes, we? you said Bay. I'm, yes, I'm, yeah, yes. you were there. Oh my God! It is a tumor. That was that. Yeah, that was one of my greatest moments good, in movie going history. Good times. Good times. Yeah. So, I, I so I, thank you for letting me know that I should not see that movie. I will very much. I'm not. gonna save the money for Endgame. I will wait until it's on FX because FX got the movies. Um, but uh, I did see something else before we get into the, the shitty. Uh, anybody else see Justice League versus the Fatal Five? Not yet. I did. Oh, uh, I did not not like yet. I, I'm, I'm playing on it, but I just haven't had the time yet. Okay. Uh, you you did see it, Brent? I did. I did not enjoy it. Okay. Um, I I liked it. Um, I didn't love it, but I am happy that in one form or another, uh, they're at least bringing us back to the Justice League Unlimited universe, and oh, yes. and th- and that that I appreciate that they essentially set this maybe a year or two after the last episode to explain away some changes like uh, the fact that uh you know there's a different uh green lantern in it and uh and a, and a couple of other you know character changes here or there and and the uh, the the actual main group has changed like mr terrific is uh, plays heavily into into this storyline okay and it even makes sense that they're facing the fatal five in this even though there was an episode of justice league unlimited featuring the fatal five because none of the characters that face the fatal five are in this movie 
Okay. So you know, I forgot about that. Yeah, there was an episode, the Legion episode. Yeah, yeah, the Legion episode. Right, was... but but that had that had Green Arrow, Supergirl, and uh, John Stewart. Yes, and Green Lantern, John Stewart in it, and none of those characters are in this movie. So right. they could easily explain that away. You know, like they, you know, that, that they didn't, that they'd never met them before, and yada yada yada. Did something happen to Kara? Uh, Kara went to the future in that episode. And she stayed there for uh, oh yeah, she's, yeah. booty. Yep. She takes she takes the place of Superman in the Legion of Superheroes. Essentially, right, yeah. right, right, right. And then they never actually spun off of that version of Legion of Superheroes. They made their own in the in the cartoon. And that's right with yeah. Superboy. Exactly with Superboy. with uh, what's his face, the Superboy. Yeah, uh, yeah, Yuri Lowenthal. Yeah, Yuri Lowenthal. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I. I, I like I liked it I, I liked it a decent amount. Um, I think the probably the best part of it was the uh, character building they did with uh, with Jessica uh, um, Jessica Cruz. Um, I liked I liked the portrayal in this of essentially PTSD and and getting over it. Um, that felt true and uh, also just mental illness in general because they have Starboy be a major part of this and uh, it's along the lines of the Starboy we see in Justice Society. Oh, uh, from, cool. from, from Jeff Johns, where he's he's slowly losing his mental faculties and doesn't exactly know how to explain everything that's wrong with him because he doesn't have a drug. Yeah, exactly. Um, but overall, I enjoyed it and this was my first experience watching a movie on the uh, DC Universe app because I now am a member of that and I'm watching through season three of Young Justice and absolutely love every single minute of it. But experience yeah. the DC universe today. Thank you for that, Chief. It's such a great thing. Yeah. But uh overall I'd I'd give it probably about like a two and a half, three. Uh Brent, you're you're more lukewarm on it. Yeah, I felt that it kinda like the pacing felt a little off and mm-hmm. I was kinda wondering if that was the JLU music, like uh-huh. the big guitars and stuff. Yeah, well, that's definitely JLU. A heavy metal fan myself. I yeah. love that stuff, but it just felt compared to the other DC movies that they've done and put out, like Rain of the Superman and Death Superman. Yeah. It just was missing the thing that they've like evolved and developed over the course of the series mm-hmm. to where it was like, wow, this is a totally separate thing and it yeah. does not, even though I know it's not supposed to match, but the, it felt like the quality, like, I don't know. Somebody totally different was like, "Hey, let's make this our next DCU," and it sounds like a great idea, but it didn't feel they had great new characters. I like Jessica there, but yeah, it didn't feel like they evolved the tone of the show to be more modern. Like that show is twenty years old, pretty much, right? Like almost nineteen twenty. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's getting, getting ninety nine two thousand there. Yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, and they, they didn't refresh it enough to make it feel modern and still have it be like a a welcome revisit. Right, and and, and part of it too is that the, the, this movie entirely existed in this universe for budgetary reasons more than anything else. Uh, that uh, you know Bruce Tim came out and said like, yeah, we decided to we had we had a choice. We could either base this in the you know pre-existing you know quote-unquote new 52 movie universe and have it be with that even though we've already cast all these voices that are familiar to other you know to other people from the you know from the Diniverse era uh or we can use justice league unlimited uh style animation and just base it there because we don't have to create any new uh any new backdrops or anything like that and we can use pre-existing art assets 
And, oh, so, right. so a lot of recycling. Exactly. So that so they chose they chose to do that, and that's that may very well be another reason why this uh, you know paled in comparison in some ways to the quality of some of the other movies, like uh, most recently, you know, Death of Superman and, and Rain, which I, I actually really enjoyed. Those. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I listened to um, Susan Eisenberg, who does the voice of Wonder Woman and mm-hmm. JLU in this. Yeah. On SunTrust's Word Balloon podcast. Yeah. And she was talking about they're they're spearheading a campaign hashtag JLU reunion or whatever uh-huh. oh, for please. the original five to get back together and do a movie and stuff and that's All right. started after this movie was done basically uh-huh. yeah because so Phil, if Phil, you want to see that happen you need to oh, go yeah, rent yeah. or buy this film All right. to help Actually, support it I think they're also talking about that on Talking Tunes when they were yeah. on I love talking to him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because I mean, Phil, Phil Lamar was not involved in this project. And I know that he was a little bit upset about that just because it seemed like everybody else was was in on it except for him and uh, the voice of uh, Martian Manhunter. Um, well, uh, it was the main one. It was really yeah. the Trinity yeah. was here and nobody else. Yeah. Yeah. They're thereabouts. I feel that like because was it? I, I don't remember that Mr. Terrific and uh, JLU was voiced by Michael Beach, and I don't think that was the same voice here. No, it right? wasn't. It was. Um, Oh, who was it? Who was it? It was um the guy who literally yeah, voices everybody. Bowl. What? Kevin Michael Richards? Yes, thank you. <laughs> I I love that me <laughs> saying that. I love that me saying that. Brandon, had you remember who it was? Because yes, That's amazing. Kevin, <laughs> Kevin Michael it. Richardson plays literally everybody. He does. I see his name everywhere. <laughs> well, he's, he he was a Joker also too. Yes. Yeah. And he even plays fucking dogs. Like he he knows oh, yeah. he, he knows how to he knows how to be the voice of animals. So yeah, he, yeah. So he's, he's done the that. new Frank Welker. Yeah, he, he did a lot of the voices, a lot of the like side animal voices on like Avatar: The Last Airbender and stuff Ooh. like that. Oh. Really, yeah, awesome. him, him and him and uh, uh, D. Bradley, D. Bradley Baker. Yep, yeah, definitely. Yeah, the two of the two of them uh, that have been doing that a lot. But the next movie's supposed to be Hush, and that's that is in the quote unquote New Fifty Two universe. At long last, yeah, uh, it's taken forever, but let's see how it goes. I mean, yeah, we'll see how that goes. I think they're they're pretty good with using the existing New Fifty Two universe uh, designs and yeah. stuff to adapt after Superman worked. I guess was that New Fifty Two? Yeah, well, they've been kind of evolving. Yeah, it, that was um, that was one of the brothers with uh, this married to Rebecca Romaine and all that. That's right. Yeah. Okay, that's the same voice. Mm-hmm. So that's in universe. Yeah. Jerry O'Connell. Thank yes. you. Um, and so they, I think that works. And, I think that's starting to work for them. And they tweaked uh, Superman's outfit by the time Rain is over uh, to be closer to the rebirth uh, outfit. So yeah. I'm uh, I'm glad that going forward we see less shoulder pads on Superman. Does, so. Uh, do they do the mullet yeah. Superman? No, they do not. God damn well, it! Okay, no, 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 they sort of do. They actually, okay. they, no, they they sort of do. I take it back. They take okay, it back. there's a little bit of a mullet going on. Okay, great. See, I must be in the minority. I actually like the high color on the Superman costume. I do. Mm-hmm. I, I do there's there hasn't been a Superman costume I haven't liked. I think I. But I I'm a tool guy. Superman, and I liked it on Green Lantern. Aquaman, yeah. not so much. You no, not Aquaman doesn't need it with, with like the the motorcycle and like the short hair and like yeah. this the truth and all that horseshit. I'll give you the high collar. No. I'll give you the high collar, Brandon. Just give me some like color contrast at least, because it's it's way too blue throughout. Like there's right. there's not enough to catch my eye on that outfit. Actually, I didn't. I don't know if I love the um the. Do you remember the one right before Re, um, Rebirth, the all blue one with no underwear, the dark navy blue one? That's that's literally the one that I'm talking about. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't yeah. like that one. Yeah, that's the Jim Lee one, right? I, no, that's yeah. the one. That's the second Jim Lee one. I'm. The new fifty two one is the armored one. I like that. Oh, one. okay. I, I sorry. I, yeah, I, I like the, the armored one. Is kind of cool, yeah. even though I know he doesn't. He doesn't need armor, but I like it. Yeah, because yeah. I'm a nineties kid. That's a thing. I'm a nineties kid. I love armor. 
Mm. I, I, that one looked better when George Perez drew it though for yeah no that. agreed agreed totally that's agreed. true yeah well that, then again literally everything looks better when George Perez draws it so that's yeah, that's know, true yeah and I I'm very sad that we will no longer have his art, new artwork from George Perez but at the same time we still have everything that he's done before and that's I still haven't gotten to meet him yet well you're gonna I, have I to do it soon I know he's on this year he lives in Florida he's yeah, one of my I, last I, ones I met him at, I met him there. I actually met him at MegaCon, awkwardly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was there the year all you guys were down here. I uh, no, I didn't meet him. I, I fanboyed all over Mark Wade that year. Oh yeah, yeah. we know. Yes, yes. yes. I think we all did. there. Okay, I say real quick you were all there too. It was great. Yep. In, in regards to like Hush, and I know this is totally fanboy and petty, and it's not really important. I'm a touch salty that like because of the continuity they're utilizing. It's another Damien showcase, and Tim mm-hmm. Drake was in Hush. Yeah, no, like, I agree. We're not getting to work on that kind of stuff. And, and I, I get it. I know it's not actually appropriate to complain about that, considering that's the timeline that they're using. Yeah. But still, I feel that like they could have done a much more like from-the-page adaptation, and it would have been easy. Tim so is a little agree. annoying. Tim yeah. has gotten the short end of the stick. Well, it, he's at least in Young Justice. You know, okay, like, yeah. Give, give him that much. Like, And... Uh, funny enough, there's sort of like, I mean, they're hinting at this. It, it, they can't do, go too far into it because there's so many different characters to work with, but there's a... Cheating on Wonder Girl with spoilers. Yes, cheating on Wonder Girl with spoilers. <laughs> oh, I love this. Yeah. I love this. I know. And, and the, the the costume they gave him is, is actually really similar to Damien's costume in the uh, in the, in the the comics, but it, okay. it's Tim's costume. But It's Tim in the costume. So. Yeah, because like Red Hood gets a lot of feature. Dick off. Dick has been getting featured for years, mm-hmm. for decades. Yeah, and Damien's now the main Robin. Now. It's just like I feel bad for Tim. Tim is my favorite. Tim was my Robin. That's just though they've hinted like like they have Stephanie, they have Cassandra, mm-hmm. they have Oracle. Yeah, and like they hinted there was that one episode where they hinted at um both Red Hood and Damien. Yes, yes they did. Tim got a good like fifteen year run. I mean, he did. Oh, you know what? He was like it's not. He there. was no. I mean, I'm talking about outside of comics. I mean, like in other media, he did he have was a sh- just in the wrong time ba- though. Dude, yeah. he was in the Batman. He was in the new Batman Adventures. I was just gonna say that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I forgot about that. And, My bad. And Batman Beyond: Return of the Joker, one of the best damn Batman he was, movies. Period. Yeah, he was the Joker. outside of Phantasm. It's probably like in my probably in my top five to be honest. Yeah, but that Tim was more Jason Todd. Yeah, yeah. It's Tim. really it was meant That's to be true. Jason to the point where I actually Jason. To the, to Jason to to the point where I actually wrote an entire <laughs> Batman Beyond fan fiction, which is still sitting on fanfic.net, where I basically gave Jason Todd Tim's personality. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I read it. <laughs> you sent it over uh, a decade ago. Yeah, yeah, uh, over a decade ago. I haven't touched it in a decade, so that's, no, that's, man. that's, that's fine. Man. Fanfiction.net, real quick. Uh, hey, 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 hey! Do it after the show. Batman Beyond: Return of the Dark. You'll be able to find it because I use my my usual username. So. <laughs> Scary monkey show. No, it's I am sci-fi. Tim put oh. his, put his hand through his hair. <sighs> He's as a night uh, Scott. Uh, this, this year, right? The What's that? Superior name? Um, he's he's still Red Robin, I think. Yeah. Yum. Yeah. Well, they said that like well, actually, actually, Bendis made him Robin in Young Justice, the book. But right. he said that like this year, Tim's getting a new superhero identity. Really? Which no one asked it's for. Just Rob. Like, yeah, Bin. He's gonna be Rob. Bin. It'll, it'll be Redbird, probably. Like, look at me, I'm Redbird. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, he's gonna be Caw, Caw, Caw. Three cars. What, what did he say in, in Teen Titans Go? It was it was like you just cracked an egg or something like that. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, speaking of characters being robbed. Oh, here we go. Good segue. Really nice Let's segue. Pivot to Heroes in Crisis. Now, okay. if you're I, unaware. Heroes in Crisis is being written by current comics golden boy, 
and hit or miss writer for Brent Casina, Tom <laughs> King. Yes. Now, Tom King wrote a great series, which I heavily endorse, called Sheriff of Babylon. Mm-hmm. Read all 12 issues, own them on Comixology, and really enjoy them. He also wrote a great 12-issue series called The Vision for Marvel Comics, mm-hmm. which I also own and heavily endorse. Great series. I did not read Omega Men, so I cannot speak to that, but his Batman run, for me, has been hit or miss. Yes. In terms of issue to issue and storyline to storyline, I feel like his he has an over-reliance on narrative caption boxes and not including any story or action or character development and just sticking with caption boxes to make you feel like you're reading an Art Nouveau comic or mm. something modern or whatever yeah. uh, instead of just writing a freaking comic. <laughs> um, and then so... He got picked to do Heroes in Crisis, which if you remember, San Diego Comic-Con, there's all these guys in white robes wearing gold masks, and they're all part of oh, Sanctuary. Yeah. We've been planning this idea of Sanctuary in these books, and you know what does Heroes in Crisis number one do? Blow up Sanctuary. Yeah. It doesn't fucking matter. The thing we've been talking about for a whole half a year, a year, whatever, doesn't exist, doesn't matter anymore, and we're not going to explain to you what it was or what the purpose was or even explore it for the impact of it being destroyed to be felt so that that we can ultimately ruin spoilers Wally West, whom, by the way, we just brought back for you oh. hardcore fans two years ago uh, to launch Rebirth. So fuck you, Wally. We never liked you anyway, and now you lost control. You murdered all these people. And then as issue number eight came out today, and we discover that Wally West goes forward in time, or speeds up and makes poses all the bodies basically and murders them again and gives them new stab wounds or head bashes or whatever to make you think that booster gold or harley quinn murdered them other than the electrical things that went through all of them which is pretty fucking clear batman and flash would have seen and um then goes into the future kidnaps his future self kills his future self and leaves that dead body in the wreckage to make you also think that wally west is also dead and issue eight ends with him waiting for his past self to come get him to murder him. I thought he talked his future self into doing. It. I don't think did he kidnap him? No, that's it's one of these like weird. I think it's one of these weird time loops. You know, yeah. where it's, it's like Bran in Game of Thrones and Hodor. Like it happened and it didn't happen and it has to happen, but it doesn't have to happen. Like you know, it's just it's just one of these weird things where like it's a self fulfilling prophecy. And you can't get out of it. Although I certainly hope that he does, because seriously. No, he's not. That's it. He's the golden boy. Well, we find out in issue nine one way or the other. Um, Thank God Bendis is over at DC and we can get rid of this guy. Hopefully he's the right. golden boy. Now, now, hold on. Before before we say anything else about this issue, positive or negative. I oh, and to... by the way, this is the guy that did not marry Catwoman, so you can hate him for that. <laughs> yes. Um, in case you're, you're reaching for it again. These are comic books, people. Stop sending death threats. It's fucking stupid. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm sending death threats. I'm just Brent, I'm not talking to you. I I am not talking to you. I'm talking to everybody else. Yeah, I'm talking to everybody else because there's an article on on comic book resources uh, about the fact that that Tom King has been getting death threats over this shit. Well, he got death threats over Catwoman. He was bad about Catwoman not being married to Batman after he built it up for 50 issues. Yeah. Then he should have thought twice about killing Wally West, who they just brought back. 
So and the whole reason they brought him back was everybody's going, "Where's Wally? Where's Wally? Where's Wally? Where's Wally? Where's Wally? Where's Wally?" And and here and here's and here's a question for you, which I'm frankly I doubt we'd actually be able to find out one way or the other until probably ten years down the road when he's actually allowed to talk about it. Who knows if this is even his freaking decision? Well, here's the another. It's I mean, possible. Yeah, the Dio. I mean, like the Dio talked for years about how he hated Dick Grayson. Now look at we have Rick Grayson. Yeah, it's yeah. psychics in general. He hated legacy characters. Yeah, right. Yeah, Rick Grayson is totally skippable. Fuck that. Yeah. So here's the thing. I just had a crazy thought. What if everything Wally's done mm-hmm. is part of the sanctuary simulation and he didn't kill anyone? And he's doing a really fucked up simulation, and what a waste! This is my other thing with this fucking book. What a waste of nine issues. Mm-hmm. He said on, on I talk, follow him on Twitter, yeah. so I do occasionally uh, sp- uh, not shout back, but speak back to him, and he had never got a reply from him because I'm one of those negative people probably on Twitter, and he's like, don't feed the trolls, whatever. But he maintains that this was always originally nine issues, and I pulled up the Bleeding Cool article that I could find, and it was like, oh, it's six, and then it's extended, <laughs> and then it's, you know, now it's nine. I'm like, yeah, okay, this is, this is always meant to be nine issues, whatever, dude. I didn't just, like what a waste of nine issues to get a story where literally you like Raph, you said on the when we were doing our thread today, filling up like what we're going to talk about, whatever you said, I've read issue one, seven and eight. And yeah. I was like, you've read everything you need to read. That's about literally the crisis. Yeah, because literally two through six where stuff happens, it's just stuff that ultimately doesn't matter. Yeah. And even if you thought it did matter, it felt like it wasn't going anywhere because we're spending too much time in one space or too much time in one person's head, or just random things happening. I do remember. Like, why? So the thing is, I bought them and I flipped through them and then I put them in a pile. Yeah. And I've been doing that. I've been doing that with my comics for the last four years. <laughs> so I have nine hundred comics I have to read. So so clearly you need to join Mur two point I was going to say you need to join Murd on the time bubble. Soon, but. <laughs> yeah. No. The thing is, I can't pick up my short boxes anymore, and yeah. they're all in short boxes. Right. So I can't. Now, now, my, now, my, now, my problem with this series, I, I, I haven't read issue eight yet, by the way, but I've read the first seven, so I can comment on those. Plus, I know what happened in eight clearly, not just because Brent just said it, but because I flipped through it a little bit and didn't get a chance to read the whole Sorry. thing. Don't worry about it. I, 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 I knew going in that I, I essentially assumed this was going to wind up happening and that it was validated, so whatever, it is what it is. Um, I think that the pacing for this series has been very off. Um, I will 100% agree with you that Brent, on, on that, Brent, that uh, each issue feels like it's it's a chapter, but not exactly in a good way. Like, right. like we're getting side chapters when we really should just be getting the story. Um, and I don't know whether or not, you know, it's because he was told to, to pad it out or he just decided to write it this way, whatever. I, I don't know what's going on inside of Tom's head. All I know is that the art is gorgeous and the story is just sort of there. Um, I only really cared about every other issue of this series. I think that issue six was really good as well. Um, and issue seven had a decent amount of things going on in it, but I, I honestly barely even remember what happened in issues two, three, and four and, and a little bit of five because it just sort of, we were getting the stories of, of the people that that already died. Yeah. Like I do remember seeing that. It's like, what exactly? What's the point? And that was the other thing I hate about this series is like, you have all these 
these um, vignettes or whatever of the people doing their things, and like that's fine for me. And like the first issue, two issues, or whatever. But literally, there was one whole issue. I think maybe it was five or six, Ian, yeah. where it was like that was the entire issue yeah. of stuff. People that are already dead, people that don't matter. Yeah. They're not progressing the story at all. And mm-hmm. like, you want to talk about like event storytelling that matters that mm-hmm. ma- that you remember? Yeah. Like, look at Infinite Crisis, right? Issue five. Superboy Prime returns. Yeah. yeah. Uh, issue number two, Power Girl finds out she's from Earth 2. Yeah. There are distinct moments in, you know, uh, there was another, there in one issue, the Flash family comes back and reunites and they push Superboy Prime into the future. I don't know what the issue that was or <laughs> in particular or whatever, but like there are distinct moments from a eight issue series or seven issue series blue beetles created in issue three or four. Yeah. Like those are distinct moments that happen in an event book. And here you have an, an an event book, which he might come out and go, oh, it's not really made to be an event book. And then I would say, okay, posture that, counterpoint that with um, Identity Crisis. Yeah. And, written and, by a novelist. And, and, you know? and, and actually, and there are specific really things was. that happen in each yeah. issue of that series yeah. Yeah. that are memorable and make each, each issue matter. And then you go back to this series, and there's none of that. So and 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 bringing up identity crisis is actually a really good point, uh, Donovan. I know you said that, that that you just said that you enjoyed it. I I enjoyed it for the most part. Uh, however, it is also a very controversial book. Just yeah. just for just for what what happened in it and the way that they treated the Dibneys and, and Gene Loring, Gene Loring, and and the events that transpired in it. And it's probably the closest comparison you can have to the words to books with the word crisis in it to what we're getting out of heroes in crisis. Um, however, shit moves in identity crisis. Like, yeah. It's pretty fast. It's enthralling. Identity yeah. crisis is an enthralling read. It is. It really is. And like, I, I, I could say that I didn't like all of what Brad Meltzer put out when he was working for DC Comics. I think that his Justice League run flounder was really bad. I didn't love it. Yeah. It started off in the first issue of just like, that's all right. And then after that, I just I fell off. Like, I didn't really enjoy that much out of it, but I enjoyed his identity crisis. And here I am with Tom King, where I loved Vision. Um, I've got Miracle Man literally sitting to, to the left of me right now, waiting to be read, and just flipping through it, I have a feeling I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really enjoy it. I've got Omega Man on my shelf that, 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 I, that I need to read as well. Omega Man's really good. It's got Kyle in it, so I know I'm going to yeah, love it. Yeah, it's really good. It's um, really, really good. I liked it a lot. And I think that he's being given the keys to the kingdom here, Tom King. And this can the go. Kingdom. Yeah, the kingdom. And, and but he hasn't he hasn't earned them in my opinion. Well, uh, counterpoint to that. Yeah, Snyder has got the keys to the kingdom. Yes and no. Yes, he does. Snyder ever piss us off? Yeah. Well, okay. No, Scott Snyder. Scott, Scott not Snyder. Zach. Scott, yeah. Not no. Yeah, Scott, Scott Snyder. Yeah. Scott. Scott yeah. yeah. Not no relation. Yeah. We, no we, relation whatsoever. It was getting a little Morrisony for me in in the Justice League book. Yeah. And Which is up my it's way out there. But I it, love it though. Is Justice League the premier book of DC Comics at this time? No, it's Batman. Yes, and uh, you know what? what? You know what? Action Arguably. Comics and Superman are up there too. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think Bendis is, is Bendis is, really... is kicking. Oh my god, yeah. I love Superman. I, I'm, I'm, I the ha- Superman book's good. I'm not sure about action yet. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't even started it, dude. I'm, I'm still, I'm still in the Man of Steel miniseries. Let so. me. I got a mini rant about Action Comics. Ian. Yeah. But go I ahead. have all of them. You I, can read them. Yeah, Chief, I'm reading your copies. I, I'm, I'm just okay, behind. Good. Yeah. <laughs> so slow. So, so um, slow. yeah. I do love Action Comics and Superman. I have one minor gripe about Brian Michael Bendis' writing on Action Comics, which you, which I, do I, they, I po- do they have a conversation around breakfast? No. No. It's that 
Okay, so it's in my comics first review for Action Comics 1010, which came out today. Superman Uh-oh. is has two identities. Oh, he's God. Superman and he's Clark Kent. Oh, this is going to get he nerdy. He has done that since he was a kid. Sit back and relax. Right? Yeah. So, A, if Superman were to go in undercover... Lois shouldn't be saying that he's uncomfortable going undercover yeah. because he's been going undercover his whole life. Mm, I did see that. Good yeah. point. B. I agree. Superman. His name is Chaz. I would be uncomfortable. It's kind of dumb. It is kind of dumb. No, no, you're right. You're right. Here's the other thing. You had to say that right as I was getting a sip of water. I almost spit all over my computer. <laughs> Chaz? His name is Chaz, and it's Chaz and Andy, are Agents you, of Spiral. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm not kidding you. He's British. Chaz. I imagine he's putting a British accent on, too. Oh, bloody brilliant. Oh, bloody brilliant. I'm Superman. Chip, chip, cheerio. Up, up, and away. <laughs> um. So, anyway, the other thing is. Again, Superman has had a secret identity for his whole life. Yeah. He does not rip his shirt open in front of a super spy and go stay here with him as I go save the day. That doesn't, was doesn't awful. Doesn't know Dick Grayson is Nightwing though? Also, uh, he yeah, but bones? he, but that no, no um, bones, Tiger, uh, Tiger. But he was his boss. Of course, viral. he knew that. Yeah. But the thing is, he didn't know Superman was Clark Kent. Or, or Superman was Chaz or whatever. And the other thing is... In, You're going to pick on that over Amanda Waller and figuring out Superman is Superman? Th- that's Amanda Waller, though. She knows everything. She knows Bruce Wayne is Batman. If she knows Every Bruce Wayne is Batman... I mean, here's the other thing. In Action Comics 1004, he, so Lois is hiding out in Chicago. He flies to Chicago in the middle of the street, picks her up, and starts making out with her. There are pictures of Superman kissing Lois Lane. The, the, gossip, the gossip reporter at the Daily Planet confronts Clark and goes, oh, look, I know what your secret is. Your, your, your wife is cheating on you with Superman. And it's like, how the fuck are you going to write yourself out of this, Bendis? What the fuck? You have been doing, you have been knocking it out of the park. You are my yeah. favorite Superman writer besides Peter Tomasi of the last eight years. Yeah. And you're going to fuck this, the, the, the most fundamental basic thing about Superman. You don't write, Bendis? What the actual fuck? What the actual fuck? What, um, what happened to Wally West is getting lost in the shuffle of like, no, no, no. How no, no. Bendis write so, this issue? So, 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 <laughs> so in conclusion, in conclusion, he did say it was going to get nerdy. Oh, oh, yeah. No, no. this is all, because I'm a hardcore Superman. Like, I'm like, me and Jamal are oh, like, respect but but in conclusion the, i love bendis the, the premier books of dc are, comics <laughs> are action comics are superman action comics, justice superman, batman and justice league yeah and justice league and justice league is dead fourth like, uh, maybe third i don't think superman's as popular as action comics all right maybe third hey, whatever it's maybe, fine. maybe third but still it's, no, it's not number one yes it's not number one and and it's it's not because of the popularity of movies or anything like that it's just nope. the fact that justice league is not the premier title at, at DC, it's it hasn't good, been for though. yeah, but it hasn't been for years. No, it hasn't. Not, not since Morrison. Not no. John's John's run right, was John's, pretty big. The new, yeah. right at the beginning of New Fifty Two, it right. was huge. Okay, but, but when John's new 52, run on Action better. Comics was month to month. You remember? Yeah, because he had all these artists lined up, but then they yeah. had all these fill-ins with Countdown. Right. Yep, that's they did. true. No, we're, yeah, but 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 uh, New Fifty Two Justice League right at the beginning with right. Johns and Lee. I'll that give you was that. the last. Time. I'll, gi- I'll give you that. I'll right, give you that. Six months, I think. Yeah, yeah, six seven months, whatever it was. But but let's. Uh, the, the, Brandon's been mostly silent on the on the Heroes in Crisis portion, so let's let's get him back involved. Frankly, hey so. Brandon. Uh, Br- Br- Brando, we know you love Wally. Uh, the fuck, man. What do you think? <sighs> As I said earlier in our preamble, what is what the hell? What, <laughs> what the hell? Why do we feel the need to make? 
why why do you give us why do you offer the carrot and then beat us with the stick DC? Yeah. Why? Like is there something wrong with having heroes who are not always dour, who are not always down, who are not always ruined for the most part? Like it, it just bothers my fucking mind that we went through all this effort letter writing campaigns, all this stuff to get Wally West back, right? And they give us Wally West back. Sure, he's not the Flash like we know him, but he's in, back in the universe again. He's got the entire mem- memory of what happened before uh, Flashpoint and everything else, right? He's got a decent costume. Decent costume. Yeah, you know, still, yeah. And like, it's, exactly. Like He's like the Nightwing for, for the Flash family, right? And just to yank out the carpet from under us again, and just to... I, I get it that the story... It's a its a very pertinent story, and it's a very timely story also, too, as well, to, to, be, to be told. You know, there are, there are lots of people going through PTSD or, go, or going through traumatic events, and what the book sounded like is not the book that they were going to give us, that mm. they gave us, unfortunately. And nope. it's just, I'm just tired of the, of the bait and switch for shock value comics, unfortunately. And I think that's like why I stopped reading a lot of the major books now because it's, it's there's no substance to them. There, there's the promise of it, but then they just yank it out from, from away from us. And I, I, it's frustrating because I want to get back into these books again. It's, it's getting harder and harder to start to read the big name books again. I mean, yeah. It's. I want something to latch onto. I want, I want an event book to actually mean something. Like Brent said, you know, looking back at, at Infinite Crisis, it was seven issues, and in seven issues you got so much story and so much happened, and there was so much relevance to the actual universe that made sense. And I just, I honestly, I just, I'm just frustrated by the whole thing because it feels like. We take three steps forward, and we go back four steps just to go back, just to go back again. And it, it, it's frustrating as a now casual reader of comics for a couple of different reasons. A, I don't have the time, and it's more of a cost-effective thing, also too. It's like I'm judiciously spending my money on books, and every time I spend money on my money on a book, I feel like I'm being let down by the story direction. Well. I mean, go, going back to Justice League, I'm clearly just going to have to read my my Wally West in Justice League since apparently the Flash of the Future is Barry and Wally in one body. Uh, right. And, what? And, and that's and that's going on. Like apparently their their speed essences merge or something. Uh, Sounds sexy. What? Not I don't remember really. that. Not really. Well, the, the, Are you talking about the current storyline? Yeah. No, it's not the. Oh, really? No. It's, it's not. It's not really the Justice League. Yeah, it's um. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know how much I just spoil, but it's. Well, I mean, you just you just said enough by saying that it's not really them. So. It's yeah. No, there's something going on in that storyline, and uh, it's yeah. dark. Oh, it's dark. S- S- Snyder is. Uh, oh, good. Snyder. Well, here's the thing. The next th- this this next year is gonna be called the year of the villain. Yeah. The Justice League are facing all the villains. Oh. What do you think is going to happen in the year of the villain? The... You mean like villain month? No, year. 
It's 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 like so, it's the, like Bendis actually has a, a one shot coming out next week. So is this really like the Justice Lords? Like I think so. Okay. Okay. No, but they're not facing the Justice Lords. Okay. What's happening? Okay. So if you haven't been reading Justice League, basically, the mother of the multiverse is locked behind the source wall. Lex Perpetua. Luthor, yeah, Perpetuus or Perpetua, whatever. It, it, this is so Morris that it hurts. But yeah. Please, but so the it Legion is. of Two, Perpetua, yeah, um, had was locked away because she tried to extend her life and the life of the multiverse in advance of judgment. She's a sixth dimensional being. There are beings beyond her who judge the multiverses. Her and her children. Um, create multi- create the multiverse. Her- the anti-monitor, the world forge, and the, and monitor. the monitor. Okay. So the her Doctor three- Manhattan. Right. Her three children turn on her yeah. and lock her away. She controls the forces of doom and the forces of justice are what are let loose in the universe. Okay. So the Legion of Doom yeah. goes to free her. They succeed uh-huh. and now she's starting to awaken again. Okay. And it looks like if it's the Year of the Villain and she's on the front cover of Year of the Villain, mm. she's going to come to power and win and it's going to be like Infinity War and Endgame all over. Where okay. we get a year of like agonizing over what happened and then we get the payoff <laughs> next year. I don't know. This is my why this is me and guessing. Hawk Girl met Hawk Girl. And Hawkgirl's in love with Martian Manhunter. Yeah, Shaira is back on Hawkworld. Kendra is on Earth. Ah. And she's in the Justice League, and oh, she's falling in love with Martian Manhunter. But so, Shaira was in charge of some weird psychic manipulation of Thanagar? Shaira is in charge of... hidden from the universe for some reason? Um, Thanagar was destroyed, so... Shaira <laughs> took the Hawks to Thanagar Prime, which is a, like a, a secret vault world. Uh, and she used... The, she used the last remaining Martian and some device, I forget what it was, I think was, uh, the Absorber was gone, to recreate Thanagar on Thanagar Prime. The Justice League gets there and find out, and they undo everything, and the Martian Elder dies, but not before telling Martian Manhunter the secret of his life, how he is the secret to the Martian-human hybrids that Perpetua was trying to create, and that's what got her in trouble with the Monitor. You know, and I... And I oh, and, and Martian Manhunter and Lex Luthor were buddies when they were kids. Because... Oh. Because when Martian Manhunter was first pulled to Earth as a child, it was Lionel Luther who did it under the orders of Vandal Savage, who found a piece of the totality, which is the key to unlo- unlocking Perpetua. God damn it! I know too much of this stupid hell, shit. But it's kind of engaging. I, I, right. Do you see how? I could be a fucking so, nuclear scientist. I could cure cancer. And no, I know all about Perpetua though. Suhu, what we need. Is Raphael Suhu explains the Justice League? I mean, I could do it. You, you, a, we, let's have a Justice League episode, and I'll as, just like as a, as a weekly like like. Dude, I what do you think? I what do you think I do in comics first when I review Justice God. League? Check out comicsfirst.com. Fucking, fucking unreal. And I thought it would be complicated for me to explain that there are three Roy Harpers running around in Young Justice. <laughs> But, oh shit! Really? No, that makes sense. That makes sense. To really? Yeah, yeah. No, there, I haven't been watching. So there's an there's an episode in season three where, uh, the, yeah, yeah, uh, yes, hell yeah, uh, <laughs> where <laughs> the oldest Roy Harper, who is a clone, okay, uh, has to team up with the youngest Roy Harper, time the, original, the original, which was put into into uh, into stasis. Stasis. And is, okay. Is missing his arm. I'll. Uh, I'll cry for justice because yeah. they use the arm to then make the clones. Yes. And the second oldest of them who was running around as Guardian. Yes. Okay. Oh, I like this. Dick in the first season. I like this. I yeah. like this. I'm so into it. I'm all, into it. All three of them have to team up with, with Dick Grayson Nightwing on a heist, and it is 
brilliant. Okay, now, when I get DC Universe, I'm going to watch Young Justice first. Yeah. That show was such a wonderful bomb after Titans. I loved it. it. Yeah. And and best Fuck of all, uh, uh, Crispin Freeman is the voice of uh, of Roy Harper on that show. I love that. And Crispin Crispin Freeman. Oh yes, he plays all three, all with different inflections and different personalities. I love Crispin Freeman. He's one of my favorite voice actors. Yeah, and he and he always will be. I love him on Durarara. Oh my god, and, and him and him is <laughs> and his Alucard is still yeah, to this no, day. He's great. My I love Alucard. My favorite. I love oh, his Alucard. Togusa. Uh, Togusa. Yeah. Hey, Dude, they're making a, they're making another standalone complex. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Are they bringing everyone back though? I they, I hope so. Because Mary Elizabeth's still around. I hope. Uh, Mary Glenn, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think she and Steve Woodman getting married. Um, my my uh, they're my married. Harry on QNOA is is a gigantic Ghost in the Shell fan. He got nice. me into it. So very cool. Yeah, I'm so into Ghost in the Shell. So in conclusion, Heroes in Crisis might suck, and we'll find out after issue nine. And Justice League is very complicated, but you should probably read it. All right. Can I can I speak on that just real quick? Dude, please. Really... Go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> uh, it's it's cool. Um, I put I put online today that like, what is up with DC in the Jim Lee to Dio era of taking characters and just doing the opposite that you want from them? Because I, I you know you have Leslie Tompkins, you have Cassandra Kane, um, uh, arguably Superboy Prime, arguably. Um, it, there's a lot of instances where like this just feels like a trend that they've been doing the last like 15 or so years where it's like, because the cover of issue eight is Wally with his family, what we've all wanted. And I can understand. First of all, actually, I actually think it's actually a good idea for having him saying, wait, what if this whole sanctuary thing is, is a trick, which is what he's thinking. And, you know, I can even kind of forgive him accidentally killing folks. I don't understand him because they establish, they've been established that like speedsters experience time it's much, much slower than we do. So if he's had enough time to concoct this cockamini scheme of framing Booster Golding Harley Quinn, he should have enough time to realize this is a really stupid idea. And to kind of umbrella this under that, well, this is what happens when you have PTSD, you don't think straight, you make mistakes or whatever. It just this 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 story should have been a lot more nuanced and thoughtful than it mm. has been turning into. And it really is feeling exploitative. And, bad. and and I, I'm with Brent. Like I've not been impressed with Tom King ever since that like Talia and Selena story. Mm-hmm. Um, in this in this miniseries, that was yeah. one of the ones I liked. <laughs> I liked uh, with I like Jones on art. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. When they were in the desert, I did Tom like King. that one. I, 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 that 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 broke me. I like, love. Um, yeah, but in this miniseries, you have Wonder Woman like 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 knock over a dinosaur, saying "Suffering is Sappho," and it crushed the Batmobile, and Batman's like, "I'm paying for that." While they're in the middle of an autopsy. Of one of their friends, yeah. Like this, this you had like the whole cheesecake issue with Batgirl and Lois Lane. Like, 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 oh, Clark, you're so sad about all these deaths. Let me fuck the pain away. It's like this is a bad story. This is a genuinely so, badly written story. And I think, I, 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 if this is an Elseworlds miniseries, that'd be one thing. But this kind, this story has already had ramifications of the other books, like Red Hood Outlaw and kind of stuff. Yeah, God. So, so I don't know. You know, they—they're they, not idiots. They know that this would piss people off. I mean, this was training them like on Twitter, like you know, people were yelling at, at DC and all that kind of stuff. So they—they they were not surprised by this. But I don't understand why they think that the story they're telling would be better than the pain we go through as people who want these characters to be happy because they just decided to give Wally all these problems. He, he was fine in Reaper Number One. So I don't know. Yeah. What we he had. Was fine in the Titan series. Two original you know, Titans are now dead. Honestly, yeah. I didn't know. What the I I love the Flash series that Williamson's doing right now. I read Flash War. I loved it, 
but I don't see why he needed to go anywhere after that. Well, here's the other thing that I don't get. Yeah. Like, I have to go reread it. So it's also one of those things, too, where, like, here you have a character g- going through something from another series, which is never explained. And there's stuff in this book, in number eight, where he's like, I use my flash speed to hack into the computers and erase all the cameras and stuff like that of what I've done or That's that I discovered not how that, that everybody works. was there. Also, if the flash can use his speed, here's the thing he, yeah. nobody thought about, yeah. which is dumb. Flash is complaining that he feels alone and that this place feels like a fake. And then he goes and kills everybody on accident. And then he uses his flash speed to go and erase the the clues of everything he's done. Well, if you can use your flash speed to hack into it, then why didn't you use your flash speed to go investigate the rooms and find out there's real fucking people here? Here's the other you thing. probably could have taken your mask and- off. And, and and talk to somebody. Here's the other thing. Why don't you go back in time and pre- prevent all this from happening? Grant Gutson does it all the time. What about and then what the hell? Like, I didn't. What is like is like is like Speed Force Lightning like incredibly un like unstoppable? Is it like is it like nuclear? Like, it's it's just lightning, right? Like, why does that kill absolutely everyone? I that part I didn't really appreciate. Yeah, yeah like, that seems like bullshit. When the Flash uses speed powers and like they've been fine, I've never seen a Flash character do that. Yeah, it's like so he unleashed a bunch of lightning bolts. I mean, most of these people are quote unquote invulnerable. Shouldn't they be able to absorb that, like, or just like get knocked out and instead killed? And it's just kind of dumb. Died, like off panel. It's, it's a pretty it's incredible lightning bolt that it hits tiny little Blue Jay at the exact millimeter he's standing on a leaf. And what? And what's well, Blue Jay's dead. And but like, what about like I don't know some of the other more powerful guys? What, what's what the worst part about all this is, is that all of this is such a misuse of some of the most gorgeous art that I have yeah, seen a real shame. on a DC title in forever. I think it's the prettiest book you don't want to read. Uh, you're right, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I can't think right. of anything, the, anyone else that fits that description. That, that title page with the, with Booster and, and Beetle on the couch and everything around yeah, them spelling out awesome. Heroes in Crisis, it, it's, it's absolutely gorgeous. And I just... You never want to read it again. All of you this, look at all of this is just a, just a waste of talent, more than anything else. And Clay I, Clay Mann did an interview. I don't know if it was with uh, Suntress or whatever, but it may have been different podcasts. I think it's, he was promoting it on his uh, Instagram a little back. Yeah. So I listened to this interview, and he, it wasn't Suntress. I think it was somebody different. And he was talking about in this interview how he just wants to draw action. They were talking about the the Poison Ivy series he did like a couple years ago, two years ago, whatever. Last year, and he will like like the book, but he didn't really like it because there wasn't enough action. And then he gets put on here. The funny part is he gets put on Heroes in Crisis, where there's absolutely no action. <laughs> yeah. He's drawing the same fucking face for nine panels a page yeah. for an entire issue. Yeah. He should draw Superman or poor Justice guy. League. Yeah, the poor guy. He needs he needs to he needs to get paid off. I th- I think I think that uh, w- Tom King is going to have to prove something after this to me. Um, it's not even necessarily that I w- that I want him to stick the landing in Batman because duh, of course I do, but I I'm so far behind on that book that I, that it's gonna take me forever. I've read it here and there. Um, yeah, I will say I really love his little Superman Batman one shots. Mm-hmm. He really gets the the lowest. He not only does he get the the, the Clark and Bruce dynamic, he right. gets the lowest and Selina dynamic. Part of me just wants him to go back to Marvel. I. <laughs> I, I mean, and, and, or or just do his own independent stuff because no, I, I that's what he should do. He should do his own independent yeah. stuff or stick to a a twelve issue maxi. Of yeah, a small I feel like Heroes in no Crisis. About. If Heroes in Crisis was not 
what it is. Like if it was a story about PTSD and it, it involves someone that wasn't Wally West, please, this would have had more yes, potential. You're absolutely. I think it's right. because it's it's the characters yeah. that we care about and we know what they're like, right? And it doesn't well, fit that's them. That's why the Divneys worked in Identity Crisis because no one gave a shit about them for thirty years. But yeah. they also don't. Yeah, exactly. They're 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 anonymous. Yeah. Even though they're established characters, I, they're anonymous. They're I don't. Anonymous. I don't. I, I again. I don't want to come come off as a as a as you know an over fanboy in any way, shape, or form with this shit. But I I think that. You know, with all with all of the side characters that die in this, other than like maybe two that we Ryan actually Ivy. that we give a shit about, Ivy, who's clearly going to come back in six months. I'm sorry, she's oh, she's, she already got resurrected. Off, you didn't know, I didn't know she died until like issue four. I didn't even mention her until then. It's she like, re- oh, she was also there. She was resurrected at the end but of seven. Is she a villain? Like, 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 what the hell? She's a she's a she's a she's a tweener. She goes back and forth. Oh great! Because Harley's there. Harley's not a straight up hero. They can just right. write it off as that Ivy was a plant Ivy who yeah. had yeah. swamp thinged her way into the world and uh-huh. took Ivy somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. What, no. What happened was flat when at the end of the book, at the end of seven, when um, Ivy wakes up, she's in the middle of a plant, and like Flash was like, "Yeah, I managed to plant you and save you, or whatever." And then flat, the other Flash shows up to kill him. And and frankly, that was what happened. He's, and, so there's one. The way to get around Wally West, I already see, is for Wally. T- a younger Wally to come back. Time Revenant. Yeah. Teen Tony. Yeah. Not even not, not even Teen Tony, but Teen Titan. Yes, because he was, Rev- because he was apparently missing from this timeline for forever. In a fit of grief, Barry yeah. Allen goes into the past and pulls Wally West, the teenage Wally West, this to the future. So unnecessary. I like, know. Is- and then they changed Bar- the art to make Barry Barry I, Allen look like Karen Gustin. I'm giving I'm giving examples here. Okay, it's not even shit that I actually want to happen. It's just that along the lines of identity crisis, so many characters in this we do not really care about, and we'd be okay with them dying. If you wanted to use one of those characters as the PTSD subject, I would be okay with that. Or a character that ha- already has um, established grief outside of someone who knows that something is not right with the universe, and he has exactly. and, and he has and, and and he has to try to fix it. Unless this is something to something bigger with Wally. And where he becomes this, like, he... who the hell knows, man? I can't imagine them them, them sticking the landing on this and pulling yeah. this off. Like, I can't I imagine know, them justifying man. this or like because I because I was well, I no was one a month. Like, the, there's no way that Harley Quinn could have killed Wally West with her with her mallet. Like, yeah. I was like, there's no. I mean, th- there's this no way all yeah, four of them could that. touch Wally. And there's you no, want to talk about this being bad? Don't even focus on Doomsday Clock taking eight <laughs> issues to introduce Doctor Manhattan. Yo. I Dude, haven't even read Doomsday Clock. I'm, I'm digging that, even though it takes me a year to get to the next issue. Yeah, I'm sorry. I haven't read since issue three or four of Doomsday Clock, and I am not reading another issue until the final one comes I out. I flipped through it, and the last thing I remember seeing was Putin welcoming Superman to Russia. Yeah. I am I am not I am not touching that literally happened, yeah. I am yeah. not touching this series until until it comes out entirely. And the worst part is it's supposed to be the future of the DCU and and are we anywhere near caught up nope. to that? Nope. Ex- yeah, exactly. I think we have three issues it's, left. It's not. There's no way that that's going to line up with what Snyder's doing. In that's Justice what League. I'm saying. No, I think. But here's the thing. I think that's why it got delayed because you're the villain's going to last as, last a while, and then once you're the villain wraps up, then Doomsday Clock will finish around the same time. Why would you? When Snyder is doing a great job on Justice League, so because Johns has even more involved anymore. I don't know. I'm, I'm so, just throwing ideas out. So there. what I need from my from the listeners right now is to suggest to me more independent comics to read. So. 
I don't have to read DC or Marvel <laughs> die? for the next couple Birthright. of months. Die is good. Birthright. Yeah, Birthright, Die. Um, Realm. Realm is awesome. I've got tons and tons of Kurt Busiek superhero just waiting hey, for Invincible's me. coming back. What? With Steven Young as uh, Invincible, the cartoon. Okay. Don't don't tease me like that. I'm don't, not don't. not the comic, but yeah, the I'm yeah. sorry. Do not tease me. Invincible's coming back as oh, a cartoon. Hey, oh hey, Invincible's coming back as a cartoon. Yes, I knew about the cartoon. But Steven Yun's voicing him. I know. That's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be fantastic. We get Steven Yun back. Are voicing Chew in the Chew anime series? Uh, I don't think Chew anime. Yeah, Chew anime series is, is definitely. They almost mine. had a Chew live action, but that yeah. died. But Chew anime uh, series. Yeah. Letter 44 is pretty good. Letter 44. Letter 44. Uh, Ninja Turtles is good. Is Southern Bastards back yet? I don't think so. Okay. All right. I couldn't get into that. Uh, or, no, I like Southern Bastards. I couldn't get into Scalp. The new Star Trek uh, Q Conflict miniseries is really good. Oh, wow. It's from IDW. It's all the Q, the omnipotent characters get together to challenge all the crews. Okay. So it's like it's like Voyager, DS9, TOS, TNG crossover. All right. It's really good. Well, like it. I'm going to shoot three. I, I will I will keep that in mind because all of this is just making me angry. So I'm just gonna go ahead and uh, uh, Buffy's back at uh, Boom, I think in Pog form. In Pog Lazarus. Form. Lazarus is awesome. Lazarus. Lazarus just came back. Yeah. Lazarus, I need to read. Yeah. Uh, Lazarus is awesome. Um, oh, what, what was Criminal other, just came back? What was the other uh, independent superhero take that everybody keeps talking about? Uh, crap! What the hell am I thinking of? I can't think of it for the irredeemable. Life. Not irredeemable. <laughs> I, I literally have irredeemable sitting on my shelf, and I've read the yeah, whole thing. Yeah, I, I know, I know. Um, it's no. also like six years old now. <sighs> God, I'll have to I'll have to look it up later because I'm not I'm not going to think of it. And it's just Sunstone. Sunstone. Oh, I that's the Sunstone. the Stepan Sedgwick uh, porn it's book. It's actually entertaining. Yeah, I hear it. Okay. Um. Oh no. Uh. What's uh. What's oh. that? The Wrong Earth. Uh. Well, yeah. Well, the Wrong Earth definitely. Uh, He's had to have read that already. Come yes, on. Yes, I know. I have. I'm waiting for the trade because I. Um, he that book started coming out when I got six, so I've, I haven't been in. I don't. I don't. I can't keep up. All right. Well, I'll figure it out, and I will have to just go ahead and do that for a while, and then maybe eventually things will make more sense because it's not like I'm even reading much Marvel these days outside of uh, the Immortal Hulk, which is fucking amazing. Oh um, yeah, uh, Avengers is good. Avengers, Avengers, I need to catch up on. Uh, War of the Realms hey, is so awesome. good. So far, so good. It's only two issues. War of the Realms, I'll catch up on after I've read all of Jason Aaron's Thor. So I'll see you in five. Thor is solid. Yeah. Um, and Thief of Thieves. Thief of, Th- Thief of Thieves just finished, or is about to finish. Yeah. Okay. It's, uh, I think it's done. Volume six is the last one. Yeah, but the last issue hasn't come out yet. Thirty-eight. Thirty. Yeah. No. It, there, there's another issue after that. Oh. And, Why would they collect volume six and not have one issue out there? I don't know. That's weird. It's got to be done. No, because um, someone. Um, no, because last um, week someone asked for it at the store, and it's it said it was delayed. That's why. Have you guys read Spider-Man: Life Story? Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love my those. God, um, really good. Issue do, two was great. How do we feel about uh, the the hunted storyline? I'm not reading. I it. like it. I like I, it too. I, I read the latest issue today, and I was I, I was worried this is going on too long, but like I enjoy every issue that I read. See, that's a that's a that's an example of how you tell how you do um, what what um, Tom King's trying to do in uh, Heroes in Crisis mm-hmm. because each because, uh, every every issue has like a little bit of a vignette of a character, mm-hmm. and it ends but it ends satisfyingly. Like even yes. though like like there's certain characters that die at the end of it, mm-hmm. you get you still get a sense of the character and you get a sense of what's going on. Okay. I genuinely mourn the Gibbon because I Yeah, I the Gibbon that Gibbon issue was really good. That made me so sad. I will I will need to get on this. Um, Umberto Ramos goes a long way for me on Spider Man, so That's what I was thinking of. Freaking Black Hammer. Oh Black Hammer, yeah, Black Hammer's really good. Black Hammer That's is, Dark Horse. Is the Magic Order any good? I just bought that trade. Uh, I didn't Cobell. read it. I didn't read it. 
and I, and, and I have a volume of Umbrella Academy to read because the volume three is finally being released. So, yeah. yeah. Um, what do you call it? Um, but so 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 spent. What you're saying is that Spencer's Amazing Spider-Man is actually worth giving a read. Yeah. He he. There's a lot of there's a lot of nods I, I to uh, really Superior Foes. Um, All right. I I like it a lot more than like the last few years. It's a lot. All right. I mean, sensational. Did you read Sensational Foes of Spider-Man with Boomerang and Beetle and all that? I read a little bit of it, yeah. Uh, Beetle moves in with Spider-Man and Robbie Robertson. Oh, hilarious. Hilarity ensues. Okay. I love it. All right. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan. I, I, I was a fan of Slot's uh, Age of Spider-Man run all the way through, so hopefully this will be something that I enjoy in a different way. So Age of X-Men is actually pretty okay. This just feels more mature to me. This, this feels less kind of cartoonish. Yeah. I, I like... The Age I of like X-Men stuff's okay. idea of like yeah. Yeah. letting Peter yeah. do different things and grow up. Isn't it just And this resets Peter back to being a sort college of. student without anything. Got it. Okay. But, yeah. but, but so it's, it, it's classic for the ones who like that. Mm-hmm. But but there's enough difference. Like there's enough like yeah. he goes back to school and like yeah. So a- Age of X-Men. You're, it's not quite. So what it is is it's it's a future that that um, Nate Gray creates where it's a total utopia. But no one's allowed to have relationships. Oh, and every every child is grown. Oh, like mutant like mutants are grown in test tubes, and you don't get to like have connections and family. If you oh, sleep with no. someone, you get your memory. You go to you get arrested. Bishop ends up sleeping with Jean Grey. And Jean gets her memory wiped, and Bishop goes to jail. Bishop and Jean Grey. What? I know it's crazy. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. also so half the half the original X Men are dead. Oh, oh yeah. No oh, anyone. Wait. You Holy can't. Shit. You can't have relationships. You can't have family relationships. Like the only people allowed to have relationships are the cuckoos, and everyone hates them for it. I, you know, I have vague yeah. recollection of Gene and Bishop having attraction. They back might have in, like, the mid two thousand. Well, here's the thing: Every, anyone else Gene might be attracted to is dead. Yeah, oh God! <laughs> like so, the the premise is hope. And there was this big thing that happened, and Hope Summers sacrificed herself and and like took a bunch of the original X Men with her. Yeah, and like. Remade the world. Okay. So and now Nate's controlling that reality. Mag- Fucking hope. Yeah. Uh. Well, no. I think <laughs> Nate kills Hope. Is basically what's going on. Uh, oh. He killed Hope. But now Hope is gone. How, what What will we do without Hope? I don't know. I. We'll figure it out. But like, yeah. No. Oh, Nate, Nate Crawler's a Slipknot album. Nate Nate Crawler's like a like a huge movie star, and he starts having a relationship with uh, one of his co-workers all right this is this is crazy enough for me to check it is out. absolutely right. nuts right. i'll do it I'll do it's it. nuts I'll, dude I'll, i'm probably gonna wait for it to be on, on unlimited wait for the trade or unlimited because yeah. there's a lot of moving people there's like because it's like age of apocalypse where there's like six different miniseries and Fair you gotta enough. you gotta yeah. know where to catch up all right all right cool all right gentlemen we've been talking for quite some time and we'll probably be talking again within the next week or two anyway to talk i think about cap's that gonna movie, put the iron man armor on that, that that movie that's gonna be coming out soon uh i it's uh uh, end, end, ge- end game, end game, end game, of Wegner's end game, end game. It's a Japanese <laughs> film. In the game, of Wegner's end game. So uh, we we are going to save a uh, conversation about end game until the end game episode, and we will at least some of us who re listen to that episode will be touching on predictions that we made. Thor is going to put put on a Thanos then. Buster suit. Uh, that that's no, fine. I just don't want to hear any predictions before I watch the movie. It's perfectly fine. We will uh, avoid any predictions that involve going up Thanos's butthole. Gamora, Gamora's, Gamora's actually death. 
That dickhole it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm telling did you, you Ant animation, Man. The uh, animation where Thanos like crushes him. I did. Ant Man is going to shrink Thor and Stormbreaker down, oh. and Stor- and Thor's going to wreak havoc inside Thanos' butthole. <laughs> no, he's going to go in through the his Venus. nostril. Yes, there you go. Golden lightning. We're, we're, what my favorite part though is that yeah. Josh Brolin is posting pictures of himself naked on the toilet. <laughs> I, I love He's Josh Brolin. Oh, he is man. such a great god. guy. Oh my god, I love, I love him. It. He's I love great. It. And I think uh, I guess it was yesterday or the day before he posted a picture of Thanos' naked ass from the animation or whatever, and he's like, "Ready for Endgame." <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. He's so good at this. Since we're on the brink of Endgame, I think yeah. uh, it is kind of historical because, like, ever since Infinity War came out, like, I feel that like the the larger culture, whether you know of like you know just mainstream audiences, whether you're a comic fan or not, I feel that like the Marvel universe has done something kind of they've really penetrated something with like mm-hmm. you know yeah I, I have people yeah, that Thanos is <laughs> yeah exactly uh, oh, but they're all about you know oh who do you think survived the snap and how do you think they'll uh-huh. they'll beat Thanos all this yeah. kind of stuff like. People are really, really, really invested, and this feels like, like what we all dreamed of we were, as kids. Like you know, yes, this is like yes. people giving a shit about these comic book movies. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, after Endgame, we don't really know if this can be maintained into like the next phase. So I, I think that like it's interesting to see how we are now and how it will be after after Endgame because this does feel like like you know something major is going to happen. Absolutely. It's happening right now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, annihilation. And we still have no idea what's going to happen in phase four. And we'll talk about that more next episode, because frankly, the nothing's been announced since, since Feige says that, uh, that far from home is the end of phase three, not the beginning of phase four. Hugh Jackman comes back as Wolverine. Far from home. Sure. They're getting, they're riding the bus in infinity war on the way home from in far from home. Is that true? Like that's how far from home ends. No, no one knows. Sure. Right. Yes. Spider-Man's dead. Yeah. How can he come back? <laughs> you, I know. I, yeah. I had Donovan going. <laughs> I, 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 I wish it was a prequel. They, they really blew it. They, they really, really, really shouldn't have even started uh, advertising it until after. Yeah, that really but, bugs well, me. Marvel didn't. Sony did. I know. It's Sony's fault. It's always Sony's fault. <laughs> Man, I can't wait to see uh, Mysterio Gyllenhaal. Oh yes! I, I was Hydro Man. Hydro Man better be a real person, not a Mysterio effect. I yeah. bet you it's a Mysterio effect, though. Yeah. What were you gonna yeah. say, Donovan? No, I mean, when I saw that trailer, I was getting ready to be PO'd until I saw he. Okay, he does have the fishbowl because otherwise, yes. my time I can't wait to see the fishbowl, man. I love you. Molten Man is the build a figure for the Marvel Legends wave for yeah. Far From Home figures. Uh huh. So I wonder if he's gonna be in the movie. Yeah, as that's well. interesting. I think it's him. I think they're doing all the uh, all the elementals for uh, this movie. Nice. Okay. Well, let's. So we have. So we have them. We have Scorpion and we have Vulture. And I know Whirlwind and I, is Whirlwind gonna come? Uh, I'm not sure. I think it's Sandman. They hinted at uh, Hydra Man and Molten Man. Or what they what they hinted at so far? What about Cutman and? And Gutsman. Gutsman, Gutsman. Yeah. And Protoman. Oh, but, but, by the way, uh, I'm starting a petition to have Sterling K. Brown play J. Jonah Jameson in the third Spider-Man movie. So if, uh, oh. But he if, can't, though, because he's already... He's already uh, um, what's he's it? somebody's he's already, what's daddy. Called? Yeah. Gilmonger's daddy. Oh. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. Eh, who cares? Injadaka. Who cares, in, man? In Jodo, not in they can do anything. What a... That's right. That's right. And Jobu. Yeah. And that's Jaka is Killmonger's real name, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. I was just thinking, I really want to see a Captain Falcon movie. 
Well, they're, they're they're doing those shows, like like which foils them coming back. I guess. I just kick. I want to see a Falcon Punch in in real life. Hey, hey, those are all prequels, though. L- listen. Well, no, not that one though. That one actually, I think they say the one the spinoff. Aren't they? Aren't they all prequels? Everyone's dead. Falcon no. and Bucky <laughs> melted God away. Wanda, yeah, Wanda, and Wanda and Vision. Wanda melted away, and Vision is a crumbling heap of grace. Brent, Brent. Hey, yo, I mean, Vision could come back. Wanda Vision. Yeah. Wanda Vision. That's it's just tales of them on the run. Listen, listen, Infinity War. Listen, Brent. I have one more thing to say to you. Show me your moves. Show me your moves. Show me your moves. Show me your moves. Fucking punch. Fucking kick. Falcon punch. Oh man, I love Captain Falcon. Proton cannon. Which reminds me, Infinity. Which reminds Wrong me, I haven't game. even downloaded the uh, the new update for Smash Brothers. So yeah, I gotta, I saw. I gotta, I gotta I gotta start playing with Joker. And you can draw dick stages. Yep, penises all over the place. All right, Penis all over. We are we are done. We are done because if we don't stop talking before we know it, Endgame will be out for a week, and we won't be talking about it. So, to wrap things up. Mr. Suhu, where can we find your works on the interwebs? Uh, you can find me on the so- any socials at Raph Does Stuff, R A P H Does Stuff. Uh, I write for Comicsverse. Uh, I have my own website, but I don't, there's nothing on it really yet. It's RaphDoesStuff.com. Uh, I'm probably going to start streaming and podcasting sometime before the end of the year. Uh, I know Brandon mentioned something about doing a podcast with me. I know I want to. Do a bunch of stuff. It's fine. And you're a dungeon master for like 17 games. I know. I only dungeon master for you. Uh-huh. Um, the other game actually is dead. Oh, really? And then uh, I play in two other games. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I dungeon master five games. Wow. I actually kind of want to DM another game because I feel like I could use the, the experience, but whatever. When do you sleep, Brandon? Um, my room is a junk shop of D&D books now, and it's sad. I want to do my multiverse game. All right. Well, if we have time to do the Twitch thing eventually, we'll make it happen. But Brandon, where where can people find you on the internet thing? Where you can find me on the Twitters and the Instagrams at the Dabadon. My Instagram now it's a professional Instagram for uh, my knitting and my D and D stuff. So go figure that one there. Okay. I know, right? I knit now. Go figure. Hmm. Um, And. Twitter is probably the best way to get me. Again, at the Dabadon. I still have a podcast with my co-host Ados Baron. Uh, Pop Culture Clash. That's we are at Pop Cult Clash Podcast on Twitter. You haven't put out an episode in a while. Uh, I was gonna say, yeah. are we gonna get an episode of the Quarter Bin now that you're? <laughs> no, uh, well, here's the thing. Uh, that should Baron, be the name of your Etsy store. Oh God. <laughs> uh, no, Baron actually has another job also too, so that's why we haven't oh, got recording it. as much. We recorded an episode. A couple weeks ago, uh, I'll have to get on him to release it, though. Fair enough, fair enough. And uh, Donovan, where are you? Uh, you can find me on, like as I mentioned before, uh, stuff I write and stuff I appear on, and uh, on the ByBandUniverse.net, uh, specifically uh, Backward Oracle, Barbara Gordon podcast, where you can listen to uh, some of the presentations delivered at the Pop Culture Conference. Uh, my main gig is the social political podcast, Questions We Don't Have Answers, that I do with Mr. Harry Chute on QNOAnswers.com. And if you uh, want to learn more about Cassandra Kane, find me on Twitter <laughs> at DonaldDMG1. <laughs> all Cassandra, all the time. Hell I had a yes. really good, I had a really good nickname combining Donovan and academia or academic at the beginning of this podcast and it totally disappeared by the time donovan was talking about his damn it cool experience <laughs> hey, donovan. Oh. put in the show notes 
Donald Damia? I have no idea. He <laughs> might come back to me tomorrow. And Casina, where can they find you? You can find me here on the Comic Timing Podcast. What? Uh, and you can find me on YouTube as BK's Bullets. Noise. There you go. Uh, and an occasional uh, MP3 versions of the BK's Bullets podcast here on the Comic Timing feed. Yeah. Focusing on video games, which isn't confusing at all. I am aware. <laughs> well, I mean, some, uh. sometimes they're comic-based video games. Sometimes. 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 Not often. Not not often, no. I just bought Mortal Kombat. I can't wait to play it. Oh, shit, you did? Yeah. Oh, man. Crap. For PS4. All right. Well, Dude, let me, let me IGN know put up the video of all the cutscenes the day before the game release. Yeah, oh, I saw that. that. I didn't watch it, oh, but I saw that. That's bullshit. That. Like, what the fuck? That's bullshit. That's the Why? same. That's the same shit I feel about Endgame spoilers coming out before oh, even out. Oh, oh, know? speaking of which, I was like, Ed oh. Boon, let them do this. This is stupid. Uh, why? Why do we um, need to buy the game now? I, ju- I, I just looked on. Greg Miller, God damn it. I'm warning you guys. I just looked on Facebook. Someone said that someone already posted the synopsis of Endgame on Wikipedia. So don't go on the Wikipedia page. Uh, oh, I read. Yeah. I read about a quarter of the Vulture review for Endgame, uh-huh. and he was already going too much into general plot, and I was like, Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, so. I'm not reading any That's reviews terrible. until after tomorrow. So that is not very toasty. Uh, anyway, uh, you you can find uh, me at uh, Twitter at i underscore am underscore sci-fi, uh, and uh, you can follow us uh, of course on Facebook as well at facebook.com slash comic timing. Uh, my Tumblr, which I don't even really use anymore, so I'm not even going to bother telling you about. Uh, ah, screw it. Uh, Hee haw dash DS9. Uh, that it's I all Jew porn I, until they got rid of the porn. Right. Oh. All Jew. Yeah. No. And, and mind you, mind all you, mind you. All the time. He says Jew porn. Yes, Jew porn is just pictures of cheesecake and matzo balls. Hot, sexy matzo balls <laughs> coming <laughs> your way. Hot matzo balls. Just give them. That's a lot. A lot. Was, was, was he hot? What was it again? Heha-DS9.tumblr.com. Uh, my my uh, live oh, journal. No. My that live journal. like a name you would make <laughs> Look at those conditions. Porn and not have be associated my, with your other stuff. My live journal handle was TNG, so I decided that my Tumblr, since it's also that sort of thing. I'm going to take Heha Voyager. No. That's <laughs> mine for whatever the next your, platform what, what is. What was your dead journal handle? <laughs> my dead journal? I, I had a dead journal. I don't even think I had a dead journal now that I think about it. Uh, but, uh, is that you like could, a death note thing? Yes, it is. We, no, it was the email version of Live Journal. I, I keep writing your name, Brandon. It just doesn't work. Uh, Live Journal was email. <laughs> no, it was, like, it was like the goth emo version of it. Sorry, my bad. I should be more clear. You make your own color scheme. Oh wait! Oh, and no, you? This, this, no, but this it was, was always like black. <laughs> it was really goth. It was dark, and, like the pit of my soul. And you can you also like Ziggo goth. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Like that. Like yes. Like that Exa- oh my god! Exactly. Like that picture he posted of himself. I, I had to post in the comments. Wow, that's some really good Black Panther cosplay. <laughs> 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 oh my god! And uh, you could also you could also find me at comicgeekspeak.com uh, where I've been posting regular episodes with the guys. And uh, if you want to hear more about uh, the Batman summit that Donovan was at, uh, Adam Murdo went on about uh, that and his experience there on a recent Comic Talk episode, so you can check that out there as well. Uh, so go ahead and do that, uh, Donovan. Thanks for joining us, man. It's always a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. It was a lot of fun good times and uh, maybe we'll be back here in a week or two talking about that movie we shall see well we talked about head kid that's not what we're talking about the email address for comic timing is comic timing at gmail.com 
Check us out at facebook.com slash comic timing for random images and conversations and other random stuff. Uh, proud members of the Comics Podcast Network over comicspodcast.com and the League of Comic Book Podcasts over comicbooknoise.com slash league. And uh, that is just about it. So for Donovan, for Brandon, for Brent, for Raph, comics are for everyone. And for me, in Levenstein, reminding everybody out there that there's always time for comics, even when they're in crisis. Tom King is for everyone. Avenge the fallen. <laughs> oh my time god. Time for comics. There's always time for comics. Cap Shield is going up Thanos' butt. <laughs> time for crime. There's there there's Crowway's crime for comics. Maybe in three episodes for episode 200, Ian can finally get CGS guys to come. Oh my God, we should. Oh content. yeah, we gotta, uh, we gotta figure out 200. Yeah, well, that's 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 great, man. It's not like they haven't been on before. I know. I'm just. Oh man, when we when we when we record episode 200, <laughs> when we record episode 200 in January, it's gonna be so epic, guys. It's gonna be so great. It's January of 2021. Right? Exactly. Yes. In two and a half years, it's gonna be great. <laughs> So now, I think and, we recorded 150 when I was in college. Still, uh, yeah, actually, and and <laughs> and and it was episode 192, I think, that was uh, that was Infinity War, and that was back a year ago. So 